Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s movie and TV podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Dom. And I'm Ethany. And tonight's movie for debate is 1995's Casper. So hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s movie and TV podcast where it is always 10.30 at night so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is 1995's Casper Dom. We are here but we are not alone my friend. Someone call the motherfucking police because my wife is here. Ephany, you are officially in podcast land. How are you? Good. I'm the other side of the door. <laughs> Does it normally say no girls on the door? You're not allowed <laughs> yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always outside just, please let me in. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> no, I'm not really. I'm always like, shh, baby, <laughs> Take the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you are here, it is official, you are on the podcast, and Dom, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. I've I've had a pretty good week, headed into the weekend. What about you guys? Are you both well, happy? Yeah, every day Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Maternity leave ends soon, but yeah, every day Saturday. <laughs> I don't have an excuse why every day is Saturday for me. I'm just I'm enjoying the benefits of her maternity leave as well. So. <laughs> He's along for the ride. Excellent. Well, it has been a long time since we have done a Mighty Nineties episode, so this is exciting. And then and this is a special one. This is one that I watched at like six in the morning about three or four months ago while uh, trying to get our baby to to go to sleep. And he did, and I watched this, and I was just weeping like a like a like like I was the baby uh, in the early hours of the morning at this film, and thought I really wanted to cover it. I really wanted to talk about it in detail, and I know it's one that Ethany really loves as well. And then I don't know what your familiarity is with it, Don. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did. Did the did the zoom go again? Yeah, it was something wrong with the recording just at that exact yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Damn internet. It's weird that that happens. Yeah, on those multi-syllable words. <laughs> Them hard words. <laughs> well, Dom, I don't know what your familiarity is with it, um, but we will find out. But before we do that, may I enlighten you guys to what I found? Oh, do you do that now? Well, I have a little... <laughs> I, I'm new to this. I'm intrigued. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't know that. I mean, I've listened so many times. <laughs> right. Avid listener. <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't know that's how it goes. Well. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Okay. So if you were a kid in the 90s, had kids in the 90s, or generally lived through the 90s, then there is a good chance that you saw 1995's Casper. Firstly, these are my own words. I was, okay. I was thinking, Wow. That's not. I don't want you to think this is plagiarism. I wrote this. Uh, this children's movie turned comedy, turned drama, turned Frankenstein, turned ghost movie was a supernatural hit, 
making over $287 million at the box office from a budget of, what do you reckon, Dom? Uh, Mid-90s, this sort of film, $60 million? F? Oh, well, I was going to go 50, and then while she was talking, I was like, 90s, they ain't got no money, so I'm going 13. Oh, wow, that's incredibly low. Remember that there's <laughs> there's graphics involved. So Jurassic Park has been and revolutionised computer graphics, and then we get this film. So that I, I reckon I reckon you are closer with 50 than with 13. 50, I'm sticking with 50. Stick with that. So 50 and 60, well, as if by chance by luck as if it was meant to be it is bang in the middle of both of those it was 55 million (laughs) i'm glad i didn't go 13 good shout (laughs) so from 55 million it made 287 million that's just at the box office Mm. it then made a further 300 million in home video sales and then a further another 300 million in merchandising This was a certified commercial success. We're talking video games. The video games were big. Oh, right, right, right. We're talking, I don't know, (laughs) T-shirts. Do people have some Casper T-shirts out there? A hell of a lot of merchandise was sold. Toys, 300 million worth. Amazing. It, It was a cartoon as well. Was it a cartoon before the film or after the film? Both. Are we getting to that? Oh. Hold on to your butt. (laughs) Critics were also fairly satisfied and Casper helped push CGI further into becoming what is a partial norm now. So here's a quote from Roger Ebert's review from 1995, which gives great perspective of how Casper was being received in 1995 and its part in helping pave a way for many movies of the present. So here's his quote. It's easy to see why Casper the Friendly Ghost has such an appeal for small children. They have so much in common with him since they too feel invisible and misunderstood and remember little of their earlier lives. He is reassuring in a universe of scary ghosts. It's nice to know that there's one on your side. The Casper comics did not survive into the current age of mega doom superheroes, but their memory did. And now here is Casper, a high-tech special effects extravaganza starring his friendliness. Amazing. Remember that we're talking about uh, superheroes. This is in the mid-90s. So this is pre, you know, all of the Marvel and all this other crazy stuff. But he goes on uh, to also say that there's been a lot of speculation about the coming age of computerized performances in movies. When we will see a whole character made up of bits and bytes. Jessica Rabbit was such a creation and now Casper and his uncles stretch stinky and fat so dominate a movie that essentially stars computer uh, programming. Interesting perspective. Mm. Back to me. (laughs) It actually says that in my notes. Oh, gosh. (laughs) The character... He's giving him stage directions. (laughs) He's giving himself stage directions. (laughs) Take a breath. (laughs) I'm not computer animated, eh? Uh, the character of Casper the Friendly Ghost first made his appearance in... When do we reckon, F? So, uh, what year? Mm-hmm. I actually know. Then Dom? Oh, God. Uh, I'll say something like 1981. 
F. 1939. Oh, 1939. Jesus. 1939. <laughs> uh, it was created by Seymour Reed, Joe Orlolo, and Vincent E. Valentine. Casper was first featured in 55 theatrical cartoons between 1945 and 1959 and was published by Harvey Comic Books since 1952. Harvey Comic Books? Explains the the character. Explains the name. You know the dad? It's Harvey. Dr. Harvey. Casper has also featured in four straight-to-video sequels slash spin-offs mm-hmm. after his, this 1995 rendition and holds the title of being the first movie led by a fully computer-generated character. Our protagonist is, you know, computer-generated. Mm. Well, that's cool, right? That's very yeah. cool. If it's the first one as well. I'm surprised it is the first one, considering the gap between... Jurassic Park that obviously revolutionised CGI to to now, so that's that's quite impressive. Yeah, for sure. But before we get into all of the details, Dom, what are your memories of the first time you saw this movie, and what could you remember about Casper before rewatching it? I'm not sure I could necessarily remember the first time I watched it, but I remember I remember actually really enjoying this film as a kid. Um, so, so I'd seen it a lot of times. I had it on video as well, so it was definitely one that I, I would watch often and rewatch. Um, and I remembered bits like Clint Eastwood and Mel Gibson's like faces appearing in the mirror. I remembered like the the names of the characters. I'd actually for there was one bit that I forgot that I thought was was brilliant is when the um priest comes to do the exorcism i'd completely forgotten that bit and i was like oh my god this is genius it was like hilarious um i remembered the ghostbuster so ray like appears running down the stairs and he's like oh uh, call someone else or whatever and runs off um there's loads of it and the, the characters eric idle being in it um christina ricci just yeah all, all of the above uh sort of thing. I, I remembered quite a bit but there were little elements that sort of crept up on me and I was like oh yeah that's that's like quite a nice surprise watching it back recently I thought yeah this is cool and so this was the first time you watched it since childhood yeah yeah since yeah definitely probably since uh let's say like 12 or 13 like it would have been on tv at some point you know during those years and I would have just sort of left it on but yeah since then I haven't seen it so it's been a very very long time since I've watched it Excellent. And we'll find out how 2021 Dom enjoyed it. I'm sure he enjoyed it as much as... How old was it? What year was it when we were 13? Uh, 2000. Around there, yeah. Millennium Dom. <laughs> One of my favourite Doms. And... <laughs> F, what was your memories and what do you remember about Casper? It's difficult because I remember watching this a gazillion times. Like this was one of my favourites. But rewatching it, there were some scenes, like Don was saying, that I was like, Oh my goodness, I loved that scene. One of my favourites was when Casper's tying the shoelaces when they're in the school, in the classroom, and then they get up and they all fall. 
but I found that hilarious this time. I know I know I found it funny then, but I think I found it even more funny now. Um, but yeah, good. <laughs> Fall over. Um, yeah, it's just a brilliant film. I think there's certain bits now watching it as an adult that I'm like, oh, okay, that's hilarious. And there's little bits where I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't notice that as a as a kid, which is always good. Something for the adults. Do you remember whether you watched it in the cinema or this like a blockbuster situation? I can't remember. I want to say both. It was definitely a blockbuster situation, but I don't know whether or not I also watched it at the cinema. I'm going to say yes. And you also haven't watched it since childhood? Um, Does teen class as childhood? I mean, what? Are we talking like 19 or...? (laughs) Uh, well, I feel like I have watched it as an adult. I yeah, because it'll be on a Halloween. I'm not sure it's on. You know, like Back to the Future's always on. Hocus Pocus is always on. Well, you know, certain times of the year. I think I have seen it as an adult. Whether or not I've sat down and watched it all the way through is another thing. But this is so. This is the first time watching it all the way through as an adult. Fond memories. Fond memories. Fond memories. And you, Simon. Well, well, this one, this one's a special one to me. This is one of the very few movies that bonds me and my mum. And so we've spoken about this before, Dom, that famously my mum would not go to the cinema. And one of the important ones she did show out for was Fight Club uh, because Meatloaf was in it. Right. This was a family situation. I got snuck in underage and then there was a lot of gratuitous uh, zoom went again, sex scenes. And uh, that was very awkward to watch. But yeah, so I was watching that when I was like 12 in the (laughs) cinema with my parents. Anyway, this was a very different cinema experience to that. Uh, And I went with my mum only. And I can only think of two movies that that happened with. One was this and one was Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the second one, I think. And and I just remember her crying at the end. and being really sad. And I think this was the first memory I have of seeing someone cry at a film that that, that emotion has brought them to tears. I don't I didn't really quite understand it because if I was watching it in the cinema in 1995, then I was eight. So, I, you know, I didn't really get it. And I just and I remember it was kind of an ongoing joke of her oh, mum cried at Casper. And then here we are like. 25 years later and I'm crying at Casper but I think because some of the themes in it they it, it goes even further with that connection because the film is about him uh like pining for his mum right and that his he can't get to her and that she's gone and he's worried about forgetting her and forgetting the details and not to go too deep into it but you know I haven't I've had some separation stuff with my mum recently uh literally in distance and and whatever and so it's kind of it's difficult it kind of felt like life imitating art imitating life or whatever not that I made Casper (laughs) not that I'm taking credit for the creation of the movie but uh yeah so it, I think I could, un- like F was saying, I can understand it better as an adult, uh, why it could be, why it could touch people and how those themes are actually deeper than what a child may see as just like a CGI fun characters. Like the uncles are kind of just set up as comic relief and some of like special effects and whatever. 
but actually underneath that is like a really well-written story mm. that is sentimental and can relate to adults maybe even more than uh, than the children so yeah i have fond memories of this i hadn't hadn't seen it since childhood like dom i had it on video and then i also had a lot of love for one of the straight to video sequels i had on video and watched a lot as well i can't remember i think it was called it was called casper the spirited beginning and uh i'm sure it was not revered in any kind of way but i had a lot of love for it so (laughs) yeah well (laughs) let's revisit casper so casper was directed by brad silberling in his directorial debut wow yeah big one uh he went on to direct classics like city of angels our man nick cage dom you're a city of angels fan that's a great film i've seen it a couple of times yeah yeah it's a, it's a good one that's got the mighty 90s written all over it <laughs> Maybe yeah, i feel like that came one. out at the same time as oh gosh michael is it michael the one with john travolta yeah there was a few at the same sort of time they were all yeah it's a great film anyway I've spoken too much. <laughs> you can't speak too much here. Uh, he also did Lemony Snicket, series of unfortunate events, and Land of the Lost, which is a Will Ferrell film, which is actually a special film for us because that's one of the first ones that uh, that we watched together. He watched. I fell asleep. There we go. Um, <laughs> and he also he also has a lot of TV credits as well. So the screenplay was written by Sherry Stoner and Deanna Oliver. Sherry Stoner was uh, actually the animator's reference to create Ariel from the, in The Little Mermaid. Mm. Like that, the woman that actually wrote this was the point of reference to, to draw Ariel from The Little Mermaid. And also... As in The Muse, she, that's who Ariel is based off of, her look. Yeah, how she looks. Wow. Yeah, like that's the point of reference. But not just that, um, the same woman was also the point of reference for Belle from Beauty of the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. I, I need to see this woman now. <laughs> to see. <laughs> to make sure she looks like both. Is she a ginger mermaid or is she a brunette princess? <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> Hitting Does on she some have legs? massive bear wolf thing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do need to look her up. What, what's her name? Her name is... Uh, Sherry Stoner, Sherry with an I, double R-I. And uh, it also included some of her mannerisms as well. So not just how she looked, some of her mannerisms. I don't think she looks like either. Maybe more Belle? So the movie Casper was released on the 26th of May 1995. Um, You would have thought maybe Halloween, right? That's an odd time to to release this. Um... considering it's like set at halloween as well yeah Mm. so you would have thought it's really odd make its way to november at least but maybe they were desperate to get it out get it on get it on dvd by november (laughs) (laughs) or or they might have just been like banking on thinking that the cgi could make it like a summer blockbuster maybe like but yeah you would have thought it would have been at halloween and then the score, the musical score, the beautiful score is by James Horner, uh, who has scored many, many amazing movie soundtracks, such as Titanic, Apollo 13, Aliens, Field of Dreams, Jumanji, The Pagemaster, Avatar, and so many more. 
Uh, but the score is it's so good. The this happens. Are you I saying, was wondering what, what that was. Is that were you feeling the emotion? Did you just see Casper in your mind? Is that how you remember it going, Dom? Absolute. Or are those tears of pain that you're right <laughs> now? That is, hold on, let me just mop them up. <laughs> it's uh, that was tears of joy, delight, Simon's angelic voice, the the fact that he hits every note spot on. Mm-hmm. He could do it with any tune, any tune. Anything I'm you want. I'm intruding on something here. You know how <laughs> Sherry Stoner was the point of reference for Bell and Ariel. My voice is actually the point of reference for Auto Tune. Sorry, you interrupted. Bum, ba da dum, ba da dum. Can I keep you? Da 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 da. Can I keep you? It's so creepy. It's creepy by you. It's creepy by the ghost. It's so weird. My favourite line. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> but in fact, I swear a little tear came to my eye when he said it. Can I keep you? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And she just went, shut the window, it's cold. Cold? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say it like that. <laughs> Put Davey out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Got eating on. So radio, right? <laughs> So uh, we'll get much more. We'll get into much more of it as we go along. But let's start at the beginning. So we'll talk about the cast as they're introduced to the movie. Um, but if we talk about it right from the beginning, we're open to squints from Sandlot. Dom, you haven't seen the Sandlot, have you? No, not yet. And you haven't seen the Sandlot either. I have, but I don't remember it at all. But you recognise the kid. Yeah, but from something else, which I'll tell you about. In a sec. This is, the per- this is the perfect time. So years and years ago, I introduced Simon to this film called The House Guest. Right. Have you ever watched it? No. It's with this... <laughs> it's Simon, isn't it a good film? I think you should cover it on here, because mm-hmm. it's in the 90s. And it's with this comedian called Sinbad. And he basically goes to someone's house. There's a bit of beginning of the story, but I'm... anyway. He goes to someone's house... And um, pretends to be someone that they're expecting, a house guest that they're expecting, but they haven't seen each other since they were kids. So he goes to their house and stays there. And this kid is in that film. Mm. And he's like a, an annoying kid, etc., etc. Anyway, it's a great film. They become friends. I've given it away. Anyway, but <laughs> he's from that. And that's no. where I recognised him from. Yeah, he's really recognisable from, yeah, from that I guess and from the Sandlot and from lots of things I mean Dom did you recognise him to the kid on the bike that at the beginning yeah when they're going in to take the picture I didn't recognise either of them other than from this film so I I must have missed out on his entire career (laughs) there's still time (laughs) I don't I'm not sure if there is actually (laughs) oh god (laughs) oh no no he's not He's, he's with us. I just think he might be unemployed. I just... Oh, my goodness. Well, not, he might have a job in a warehouse or something. I just mean not in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about the cast. So um, so the voice of Casper is not played by Devin Sauer. So Devin Sauer is the guy that plays Casper at the end of the movie. 
and we know him, Dom, as Junior Floyd from the Little Giants. We do, we do indeed. I He'd actually, like to throw that toilet paper. I actually um, reached out to him on Instagram and asked him if he would be able to join us today as we were recording Casper, and I had no reply. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to say, and here he is now, oh, coming only, into the waiting room. If only here I he could is. do that. Can I keep you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Devin. Thanks for your time today. Uh, well, he was also in... Stan. He he was there. Yeah, he was Stan in the Eminem video. Uh, he was in Final Destination as the, the the main guy in the first one. And then he was also in... He was in Idle Hands. And then he was in one that I watched like last year during lockdown that was really good. It was him... Jonathan Taylor Thomas, because it's the nineties, and someone else. I think it's called the Wild, something Wild. Oh yes. They go. They sort of go on like a road trip, and they end up in the wild with bears and stuff. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, I know that film. I actually do know that film. That's making it sound like oh yeah, I uh, I know that, but we really <laughs> don't. I actually do. I don't remember. Anything else? Hello, hello, I know you. Hello, I know you. What's this? It's Dom's dad. I was thinking this is not sounding very... Casper-like. Uh, PC. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this, we, uh, Nothing we I say is PC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dom and I were watching his, watching his dad play video games once when we were a kid, when we were kids, and he went round the corner and saw a zombie, and would, and before shooting it, what did he say, Dom? Hello, I know you. <laughs> please, to the screen. P- please note that Simon said we were watching him play video games. <laughs> we couldn't play. You, you wasn't allowed. We weren't allowed to play. We had to just watch. <laughs> Why did we stay there? Why did we just go and do something else? Ridiculous. Because of comedy gold like that it was just it was i think what was funny about it is because he was taking it really serious and then it was like he was doing really well like he had the big gun and loads of ammo so he was like he went into cocky mode his cocky mode was hello i know you (laughs) (laughs) became scarface it was was the best the the voice of casper was uh by by a guy by a child called i hope i'm pronouncing this right uh malachi yeah yeah malachi malachi pearson um who is the voice of casper and i'm laughing because i've just seen that casper's last casper's name is casper mcfadden <laughs> which means he his oh mouth's my... brother <laughs> this oh, guy his I know mouth mcfadden I know. <laughs> can, I, can i say i know this as well because so i've just started teaching yoga i'm doing some online and simon was like oh i'll sign up and he signed up as marvin, marvin mcfadden nice <laughs> <laughs> didn't realize that he needed to put his email address in so he's put his email address in as simon <laughs> xxx and then well not xxx but you know what i mean <laughs> that's, that's my only fan <laughs> giving it away <laughs> So I get there and they're like, oh, you've got someone called si- Marvin. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it's my husband. <laughs> it's like, I just can't. Yeah, it's fine. It's my husband. Well, he, uh, Malachi, was 
the voice of Casper, he was in Full House, actually on screen, which obviously was a massive sitcom. And then that's it. And then he stopped acting. He didn't pursue it past childhood. And so the reason why he didn't play Casper in, like, you know, human form was because he was young. Like, I think he was a bit younger than Christina Ritchie. And so they needed someone that was taller and someone that was going to fit the, you know, romantic part. And Devin Sauer actually got the part because Christina Ritchie chose him. And basically, she chose him and the directors chose him because when he, when Devin Sauer was like auditioning, they put them together for a chemistry test and she fancied him. Andrew was just like blushing and nervous and whatever. And they were like, okay, give him the part because, you know, that's, yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. That's how you get things in life. <laughs> <laughs> just be good looking you don't need talent yeah it's fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Christine so Christina Ritchie is Kathleen Cat Harvey I know her from the Adams Family movies I mean what did, did you guys know her from other stuff as well yeah loads of stuff I always say it I think there's a film called Now and Then have you heard of this film <laughs> I haven't heard of any film either of you two have said today. <laughs> it's a brilliant film, and it's got the girl in from, you know, is it Tora, Tora something? She's in Hocus Pocus as the little as the as the sister. Anyway, there, it's a it's a great film, and it's got loads of people in. You you talk, and I will look. <laughs> Don, phone. did you do you know Christina Ritchie from other stuff? Yeah, I know her from. Uh, 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 like small soldiers, she's in that. Ah, oh, yes, I think like very briefly. No, is she? Oh, you Kirsten Dunst is in Small Soldiers. Kristen Dunst, Kirsten uh, Dunst. Do you know what? I think she does a voice. I think that might be why I'm getting confused. Christine, right. I think Christina Ricci does a voice of one of the little characters, one of the um, okay. one like the Barbie dolls or something like that. Um, but Adam's family is my main knowledge of her i also think she's going to be in the matrix the new one the fourth one there's a fourth one coming oh, really? out and she's like due to be in that or something she has some sort oh, nice. of part in that oh that's cool hey christina ritchie yeah i think so i might have made that up oh. <laughs> i also no, messaged i also messaged her anything no reply <laughs> <laughs> she's too big she has about six hundred thousand yeah, followers oh she is yeah yeah. Awesome. So can I just quickly say this film now and then is a brilliant film and also one for you guys. But it's got uh, Demi Moore, Rosie O'Donnell, Thora Birch or Tora Birch, Melanie Griffith, Gabby Hoffman. It's brilliant. But it's also got Devin Sauer. Oh. It. And it, it, it's a it's a great film. Like they play if the title gives it away now and then. So the adults. <laughs> Adults being then. Yeah. <laughs> no, now. Now, now, yeah. <laughs> and then Christina Ritchie and Tora Birch, they play then. Right. You'd... If you didn't guess. And she obviously liked <laughs> Devin Sauer a lot. She just yeah. kept him around. But this film was in 1995. Oh, the same year. Same year. Mm. Was it before or after Casper? After. Okay, so they might have seen their kind of like on screen 
chemistry and gone, chemistry. actually, these two work really well in that film. That'd be good. For sure. And I've just seen that the IMD rating for Casper is a 6.1. That is horrendous. <laughs> That's pretty now low. Now and then get 6.8. Not, not point. Let's talk about now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change it completely. <laughs> that is too low of a score. Well, we'll talk about our own stores as, as we go through. So, Bill Pullman is uh, Dr. James Harvey, the ghost therapist, who, of course, we all know has, from Independence Day. I love his speech in Independence Day. <laughs> we will not go quietly into the night. Remember? No one? No. I remember it. I don't remember the words, but I remember it happening. I watch it on YouTube probably once every six to eight weeks. Just <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I will not go quietly into the night. Oh, I will not. So many inspirational speeches from from yeah. just life in general that you could listen to. And you pick Bill Pullman as the president of the United States in Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And then do you, do you that follow and... that up? Do you do you follow that up with I will make eight hundred feet or whatever it is? Yeah, Bruce Willis from uh, Armageddon. Yeah, I swear <laughs> to God, I will. And, uh, and you can't handle the truth. Uh, yeah, uh, I, wa- I, I watched that yesterday. Did you the whole thing? Yeah, I watched it yesterday. I'd only watched it like two weeks ago as well. I love that. Oh my film. gosh, such a good film. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. Oh, God, here you go. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Big money, big dick. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. You, you, Lieutenant Weinberg. And he just picks. Picks is just sitting over there having a little sit down, and he just picks on him. You're gonna defend this nation. <laughs> you, you know, who's gonna defend this nation? You, you, Lieutenant Weinberg. He's not doing any harm, is he? He's out the way. <laughs> He's not cross-examining you. Leave him alone. He, he should have been doing more, shouldn't he? Poor Sam. Shouldn't Sad. have turned up that day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, Lieutenant Weinberg, you prick. <laughs> what story? You loved it so much that you tried. You recorded it to put it on YouTube or something. Oh no, you think. I, you're thinking of a different courtroom scene that also gets me pumped oh up. But have uh, <laughs> oh you seen Men of Honor with Cuba Gooden Jr. and Robert De Niro about the deep Divers. sea diving? Yeah, yeah. I think is it like in the fifties or forties, sixties? Uh, I would have thought it would be what? late forties, fifties. Yeah, around there. If you asked F, she'd know it's not now, so it must have been then. <laughs> Christina Ricci's <Yeah. laughs> And Devin Sauer. Who would have thought? She just can't get rid of him. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, back, it's a back in the time. And, uh, and it was... A time before now. <laughs> and it was a racist time because that's what it was about. Like, he was the first black man that, that was in the, that was a deep sea diver. And he... Spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, it's great. Uh, but he has his leg amputated and he's trying to prove in court that I guess it's like Navy court that he can he can hold the weight of the diving suit because you know it's like the old school like metal you know whatever suit that he can do it on one leg and uh, well with he has two legs but one biological leg biological just a fake still, leg. 
He's got a peg leg. I don't know if biological. I don't know if it's biological. Hello, I know you. <laughs> and um, and as, and Robert De Niro is trying to get him. Robert De Niro had started out being like I think he's racist at the beginning, and he sort of turned turned round. Is that it? Is or he's not been like his on his side. I can't remember, but it's it's a big moment that Robert De Niro is then like. God damn it, I want my 12. Because he's got to do 12 steps to make it. And he's like crying. And he's like, it's inspirational. And I loved it so much. And I wanted to see it on YouTube. And it wasn't on YouTube. And this is like 10 years ago when like there wasn't as much on YouTube. So I just recorded it from my screen on my phone uh, and put it onto YouTube. And it got half a million views. Um, (laughs) Simon's trying to say that as if he got half a million views. As if. (laughs) He created that content. He recorded the content off of the screen. You can't yeah. take credit for the film. No, but I made the choice to put it out there in the public domain. Um, then I think it got taken off for copyright. Well, it did get taken off eventually. But, I mean, there was, like, so many comments on there. And some people were just like, thank you so much for doing this. You're a hero. Thank you. And then they did. And then there were other people. They did. You're a hero. Uh, stop living in the now. Think back to then. And then, and but there were some other people that were like, "Who's this loser that's just recording their TV and trying to?" And it's all shaky. Like, what are you doing? Put the actual clip up or whatever. And then other people were going, "No, he's a hero. He's doing the people's work." You know, it was the whole thing. And then eventually, it got taken down. But... Oh, I, I watched when I rewatched Casper for for this podcast. I watched it from YouTube because of a hero like you has put it on there with Sri Lankan subtitles. <laughs> you know, they can, they're always coming Education handy. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> learning, a new, learning a new language. Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us what Can I Keep You is in Sri Lankan? Oh, now? do you know what I should have done? Should I should like screenshot it or something like that, but I didn't. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure how we... Oh, yeah, so Bill Pullman was in Independence Day. Um, he was <laughs> He was also in Sinner, which is a great TV show that yeah, me and F like. Have you seen Sinner, Dom? No. <laughs> oh, that's next up for you. That's on Netflix. It's it really good. Really good. I'm not go. sure about season two, but season one and three. Oh, okay. So it's like one Dom tree will have that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh contentious uh you you could have it done in like the weekend it's like i think there's only like eight episodes in a series or something i'll do it before the end of tonight (laughs) (laughs) season three's got uh matt bomer in so that's enough so i want you to watch it okay (laughs) give it a go i'll give it a try Uh, one of bill pullman's also in one of f's favorite films while you were sleeping Remember? <laughs> oh, you don't want to admit it. <laughs> I guess. Why are you not speaking about it while you were sleeping? A great Christmas film, and it's got Sandra Bullock in it. Wow. Have you seen it, Dom? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the title gives it away, but whilst someone was sleeping... You remember that episode <laughs> of Friends where... Uh, 
Phoebe and Monica are like waiting for someone that's in a coma to wake up and they're like wanting to be, you know, their boyfriend or sorry, their girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Do you remember that episode? That's basically ripped off of this film. Um, it's basically exactly what happens, except Sandra Bullock pretends that she's like already his girlfriend and ends up like meeting all his family and everything. And she's never met him; he's just in a coma. I but have seen the it. Guy, the, the guy. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I have seen it. The guy, he's got really thick eyebrows. He's so good looking. What, he, oh, he's in he, something. He's the dad in the OC. Oh, in the OC, not One Tree Hill. Peter Gallagher. <laughs> He yeah. just knows these names straight off the top of his head. No, he Google, plays Peter no Cal- Gallagher required. in in the film. No, his name in real life is Peter Gallagher. He also plays. That's his name in the film. <laughs> that's his name in the film. <laughs> he, maybe I swear. Semi autobiographical. <laughs> he was like, you know what? In this one, make my character my own name. You know why? Big eyebrows. Big money. <laughs> a big deal. Peter Gallagher plays Peter. Yeah. Wow. We were both right. Lucy. It's a brilliant film. She works at like a... Oh, what's it called? She's at the, at the train station. She's a, like a ticket attendant. Yeah. And then she sees someone being pushed onto the tracks. She goes onto the tracks, save him, that is Peter... And then he goes into a coma. Whilst he's in a coma, she's in love with him, has been for the the whole time she's been this ticket person. I'm really going in here. I shouldn't need to do this. Don then... said he's seen him. Oh, wait, sorry. For those of you out there. No, keep keep going, keep going. Describe the entire film. Every Actually, moment. what's the first line? Yeah. First line is, oh, no. <laughs> he slips on the train. He's a train. Is it like set in Chicago or something like that? Yes. Because it's... Cause it's um... It's like the um, elevated trains they have, the L or whatever, I think. I think it sounds like you know a lot about Chicago. (laughs) You know more than I do. So we also have Joe Nipoti. Didn't didn't reply to me on Instagram either. He has has under a thousand followers on Instagram. Oh, that's... That's us. So I got in touch and I was like, hey, we're doing Casper. You played whichever one of the guys, Stretch, right? Stretch, yeah. Yeah, you played Stretch. We'd love to talk to you, talk about any other projects you've done, doing. No reply. Not interested. You you know, I messaged like half the cast. Yeah. I'll keep bringing them up as we we get to it. (laughs) Okay. I have the fear that they're all going to have the same conclusion. Unfortunately, as none of them are here talking with us now, <laughs> then yes. I'll, I'll, I I'll reached see. out. Go on. I reached out to the director, um, and he only had a couple thousand, and I thought maybe he'll want to talk about it, talk about the, uh, you know, it was his debut. It's been a long time. It's been, what, 26 years? It's not like, it's not a round number, but who knows? But yeah. Yeah, who who else did you go to? I, I went to Brad, what's his name, which I told you about already, who plays Fatso. Unfortunately, Brad Garrett, yeah. the guy that did the voice of Stinky is um, has passed away. He's dead now. Um, Joe Alaski, rest in peace. And I also uh, messaged Kathy Moriarty, who plays Carrigan. Ah. And asked, asked yeah. if she joined, because she has like just over a thousand followers oh. I, I thought we're in this is it shoe in 
she'll look at it, she'll be like, okay, I've not done anything for a while, I could go on a podcast and talk to these guys, you know. No, nothing. Not interested. And with that voice, she would be sounding great on this podcast. I know. She has such a distinct voice, isn't she? Debs! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) That sounded really good. It was just that the whole time. I thought she was here. (laughs) (laughs) To ghost. (laughs) (laughs) We saw her in something recently. Do you remember? Was it Stone in the Snow? <laughs> that's, a, that's a Hallmark movie that Don made up uh, <laughs> about a... Uh, that's a whole thing. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not important. Well, uh, I'm intrigued. Basically about saying, Don said that he could write a uh, a Hallmark movie, you know, like a, you know, a Hallmark made-for-TV movie in 10 seconds, and he just went and basically said about... Someone's mum lives in a snowman or something, but it, or it was a stone or something. What, what was it, Dom? There's, it's essentially the same as while you were sleeping, <laughs> except <laughs> <laughs> instead of being in a coma, uh, they they end up being in a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> but they also was there something like, and then they got hit with a. There was something about the stone. There's, or something. there's, there's, there's the main character. They end up in like they end up like running or like skiing or something like that. They end up in a in a horrible accident. They plow through a snowman, and there's a stone in the head of the snowman, and it knocks them unconscious, puts them in a coma. But then their consciousness is now in that snowman, and they 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 become the snowman, and they fall in love with someone, and then eventually when they come round, they they have to like convince that person to fall in love with them. Because they already love them. It's already. But this isn't a real thing. This is no, one you made Don, up. Don made this up. And then just before he could say it, I coined the title and said it should be called Stone, Stone in the Snow. Snow. And but he was literally just about to say it. But now I take that credit. So if he writes that, that's fine. But I get something. I get a couple percentage points because I got... And, and I have the evidence of it. How many percentage points can I have? Ah, uh, 50. That's too much. You did all the work in them 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, 30. I'll take two. Okay, I was fine. Think, I was thinking you say five. <laughs> Simon, <laughs> Simon and I are both very bad at negotiating. <laughs> it seems like it. Take 50. No. <laughs> I'll have two. <laughs> I'll have two. Wait, what are you bad at negotiating? Because well, I, I was going to give you 50%. All yeah. oh, right. For the. Yeah. Dibs. <laughs> Carol, girl. She's here. And look, this is what it was. Simon went and bought it. This is what we saw her in. The advert for this. Yeah, but I'm a cheerleader. It's about a. Uh, oh, wow. It's, it's from the 90s, but it's uh, basically... was the oh, We haven't watched it yet, but the commercial trailer was about... Um, she's a lesbian, and her parents send her to like a camp to try and make her heterosexual. You know, it's like a dark comedy, basically. Wow. Um, yeah, and she's in that, so there you go. <laughs> nice. We recognised the voice before we recognised her. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so yeah, as we've said, the the voice of the uh, of the guys that do the uncles, Kathy Moriarty, 
as we just said, plays Catherine Carrigan Crittenden. She was in Raging Ball. She does lots of voice acting, including Hey Arnold. Yes, I saw that. Was she Arnold? <laughs> Move it, football head. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'd always be that guy, Stinky, and yeah. he'd be behind her. <laughs> and then she'd just punch him. And then he went, can I keep you? <laughs> So sinister. <laughs> and then, as you said, Don, we got Eric Idle as uh, Paul Dibbs Plutzka, who's Carrigan's attorney and was part of Monty Python. I didn't know. I didn't realize um, that he was the attorney. I didn't know what his role was. That like, he was just hanging around. Yeah, I yeah, thought he was like an, as- an assistant or something. I didn't realize he was. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it hinted. I feel like they were in a relationship. Uh, I think he wanted a relationship, but she wasn't. She wasn't giving it up. Oh, all of that, all of that, just from not actually saying much. That's what we got from all of that. I mean, just he, reading into the subtext, he burnt his hand twice for her. So, <laughs> Simon, set your hand alight. If that doesn't do it for, Eth- love. Do it for Ethany now. <laughs> he burnt his arm. This this isn't tattoo. It's just burnt. It's just fire. I actually have set my hand on fire by accident once. But that wasn't for me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> for me, this... It wasn't for anyone. I was actually very lucky. I Like, back... This is when I was probably, like, 15, and I thought I was being really cool. You know, like a really cool bad boy kind of cool. And I had a Zippo lighter. You know, I thought I was being cool, like, learning to, like, flip it on my jeans and, like, light it and stuff. Ooh, I'm a bad man. <laughs> Was you with anyone, or was this just you in your room on your own? No, this was right. But anyway, I think I got it second hand, or I bought it from someone at school or college or something. Probably from college. Anyway, I uh, I needed it ran out of lighter fluid, and uh, because I was just playing around with it all the time, so I went to the shop uh, in the village that we grew up in. Dom, we don't name these things. Dom's worried about stalkers, but um and. I put the lighter fluid in. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I must have spilt it on my hoodie, like on on the arm and on my hand. And uh, I was with um, Dave. We all know Dave. And uh, I flicked it and my whole arm just caught on fire. Um, like, you know, like that sort of blue flame. Oh, and I was by um, the common uh, on like, the path. And uh, there's like... There's like a little ditch here, a grass ditch. I just jumped in the ditch and just started rolling around. Um, and uh, and then it was right. And then, <laughs> there we go. And then I got really nervous because where I'd like filled up the lighter as well. <laughs> just, watching, um, just watching Anthony laugh. <laughs> I'm so glad that I get to have these experiences with someone else now. <laughs> you rolling around in this ditch but I bet it was such a tiny flame <laughs> <laughs> you love to exaggerate no I, I was, uh, maybe that's why I run funny it burnt my arm in a weird way but the I, but I'd also filled it up at the football club in the toilet I think and I had spilt it on the floor and as uh, you both know about me my whole life I have a very big conscience and it suddenly dawned on me 
And this is back in the days when people smoked inside, right? It's like, what if someone goes in the bathroom and they smoke a cigarette and it goes on the floor and it burns down the whole football club or whatever? So I like, after almost burning my arm off, I run back to the football club and I'm like, what do I do? I've just spilled it on the floor. So what do I do? Turn the tap on and just start flooding the floor with water because I think, well, that will dilute it, right? So I just basically just poured water all over the floor. I probably made it a tripping hazard. Some of them just went in and slipped. <laughs> Wait, did you, so you didn't mop it up? No, I just smashed you it just on the put, floor and left. You just put loads of water on the floor? Yeah. It was clean water. It was out of tap. Yeah, I'm not saying what kind of... I'm, it wasn't, it wasn't from the toilet. I yeah, but it's not about where the water was from. It was just the fact that you put loads of water on the floor what? and then didn't mop it up. Definitely, I'd been through a traumatic experience. My <laughs> arm had been on fire. Okay. Did anybody see you coming in? Like, like smelling <laughs> you. Somebody smells singed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then you just go into the toilet and put loads of water on the floor, and then come out all happy. And then Dave was like, "Dibs." Oh, <laughs> I can't do the voice. You don't do it very well. I don't do the voice very well. Well, so as Dom said, yeah, Eric Idle is in Monty Python. I've never really watched Monty Python too tough. Um, I've seen Life of Brian, but like that's it really. It's more F. than me. No, it's I've not for you. No, I said that's more than me. I've not seen it. I can't. Ju- I can't judge. I've not seen it. I mean, you don't like Forty Towers. No. Dom? Too chaotic. Too kiss Keenan and Kel before Keenan and Kel. <laughs> yeah. Dom, how do you feel about Monty Python? Uh, I've seen Life of Brian. Um, but I'm I'm really not a big Monty Python fan, and I I get this a lot from people because a lot of people I I know love it, and like there's a lot of people I went to school with that loved it and like thought it was brilliant and always enjoyed watching it, and I was just like yeah it's not it's not my cup of tea, and I always got a lot of stick for it. I, I guess people just assume I will love it, but yeah it's not my not my thing at all. Is it for the same reason as F? Is it it's too chaotic and like they're being too stupid? Like, cause you hate stupidity, famously. Yes, I do. Yeah, it really bothers me, and it just gets a bit much. And you just think, well, d- just don't do it. Just don't do that. That doesn't need to happen. And yeah. and then it does, and it all goes wrong. And you're like, oh, I knew it was going to go wrong. That's why I hated Scooby Doo. Yeah, you hate Scooby Doo. And Keenan and Cal. I, I, I said this to Simon the other day that um, I, I used to desperately want to like Keenan and Kel desperately because he liked it so much and I really really wanted to oh. like it because he liked it and I thought if I if I just try if I just watch it with him and like whenever he wants to watch it I just say yeah yeah it's great and just <laughs> and just try I'm gonna try really hard I'm gonna be a really good friend and I'm gonna really enjoy it because he likes it and he's cool and I really he's he's great he's cool he's so cool this he, guy burnt his he own arm sets his own arm in a ditch sets his own arm on fire he's like a daredevil he plays he plays ice hockey in his garden I mean there was all <laughs> sorts of shit going on and I really <clears> wanted to like it and I just didn't because. Because Kel was so dumb. It just really upset With me. With his orange soda. Oh, it's just, honestly. Mm-hmm. Who cares about screws and tuna? Honestly, just stop it. <laughs> you mug, put it down. Yeah, put it down, you mug. <laughs> but yeah, I did try. But yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan at all. I'm afraid. There, like I, like of... I didn't do the podcast last night, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh nice yeah, Keenan and Kel. You're not a fan. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> there was lots and loads. There was loads of things that I wanted to be into because you were into them. Um, so it was the same thing. I think I've I've told you this before. Well, you know this because you was there, but you had like a the Star Trek thing. It must have been like the teleporter or communicator. Yeah, that like like a flip phone, right? Yeah. And I I had like a Mighty Max one. You remember Mighty Max? It's like the boy version of Polly Pocket. Yeah. Polly Pocket. Yeah, I, I love Polly Pocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh... Well, there, I, I quite like those for whatever reason, and. Um, and there was some like flip phone thing, but it was like pink. And I wanted mine to be like yours. So I desperately, with like a felt tip, black felt tip pen, was like colouring it in. <laughs> and I was colouring it in to be black to look like yours. It would just go like sort of a horrible kind of purpley shade because <laughs> it's going on top of the pink. And then when I would try and play with it, I'd, look, I'd like put it down and my hand would just be black with ink. <laughs> it's just all rubbed off on my own hand. And then also, I didn't know what I was doing with it because I didn't watch Star Trek. I was like, "Well, he has one; I want one." So, you know, Dom, it goes Dom, both was ways. Was it black? But the the communicator thing I had was black, yeah. yeah, and it had a gold like flip thing on it, which is from like the Star Trek original series. So, <laughs> I didn't have one, no. but at the same time, my parents wouldn't think to buy me one because I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> probably my parents idea just color it in <laughs> it'll be the same now go back to your room <laughs> <laughs> so um we also have garrett henson now do anybody know who garrett henson played and why that would be important is he related to jim no it's a good guess uh garrett henson Mm-hmm. Is it one of the other well, kids? Yeah, he plays Vic, who's oh. Cat's crush and yeah. Amber's boyfriend. But more important than that, he is, of course, Guy Germain from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, oh yes. Base, I knew I recognised him. The one that has the is always trying to kiss Connie in the Mighty Ducks. The like, one that's isn't he the one that's in the relationship? Yeah, the one with, with Connie. Yeah. Oh, so she doesn't want to be kissed, but they're in a relationship. No, they keep trying to kiss, but it gets interrupted. <clears throat> oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Now, now you say I that, do, I remember yeah. it. I remember him being in it. So, uh, actually, yeah. uh, like Amber is another person that um, didn't yeah. reply. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How many does she have? How many followers does she have? Oh, not many. I can't remember. It's like, really not not anywhere near like Christina Ricci, who's got about 64,000. <laughs> oh no, six hundred forty-seven thousand. I think she has something stupid like that. Crazy. I thought she would be quite big, at least from because I remember her from other stuff. Because hmm. she was in Flipper as well. Do you, do, do you guys watch Flipper with well, Elijah Wood? Yes. Well, Jessica Wesson, as I'm just about to say, as Amber Whitmore, Cat's rival and Vic's girlfriend, was in Flipper. And then she was also in Home Improvement. But I've had a typo here. I missed out the M, so I put it down as Ho Improvement, which is actually a different a different show. I thought um, that was your OnlyFans um, channel. 
that's that's what I show on on it is is her improvement. <laughs> and she was in Boy Meets World as well. Mm. So there we go. It's like all yeah. your favorite stuff in one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then last, finally, we also have Amy Brenneman who plays Amelia Harvey. That's uh, James's deceased wife and Kat's deceased mother, and she was in Heat. Oh, with uh, Sandra Bullock. I think he with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. <laughs> oh, Wait, what's meant... the one with Sandra Bullock? <laughs> I thought you meant she was on Heat. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's home improvement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, I? I don't know what you're thinking with about. Melissa McCarthy and. Oh, that's uh, that's more recent. That's like a few years ago. Yeah. Wasn't was it, it called Heat? Oh, I don't know. With Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? Maybe. Um, Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, okay. So let's uh so we'll talk about some of the some of the trivia about the movie and then and then we'll talk about it. So Steven Spielberg served as executive producer on the movie and J.J. Abrams, who was the uh, creator of Lost and obviously he did, uh, he done start the new, some of the new Star Wars films and he's done some of the Star Trek movies, some of the new ones, right? Yep. Among other things. He did an uncredited rewrite on, on the Casper script and uh, this was the first Casper adaptation to give a reason to how Casper died. So in all the comics, cartoons, everything before, there's never been explained. And of course, we now know he died how, yeah? Well, I've put here, did he die of a cold? <laughs> yeah, pneumonia. But, well, he... Well, more... Yes. That, I that. <laughs> why has it taken us so long to do this episode? Like, I mean, in, like, in general, why, Anthony, why haven't you come on with us ever before? This is ridiculous. This, this should be a weekly <laughs> thing. People are just gonna hate me. This I'm is so hilarious. Ditzy. You've you've li- you've you've literally said, "Oh yeah, I know that person there in this film." Dom, have you watched it? And I've gone no to every single one. <laughs> so people are gonna think I'm the idiot, not you. <laughs> Ethel says she be- says to me, uh, "What do you want to do?" I don't know. She goes, "Don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Simon, what do you fancy to eat? I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Every time, I don't know. I think it. I think he died because of bad parenting. His dad said, "Come on, Casper, you got to come on in now." And he didn't. He kept playing outside, and he stayed out. And then it got dark, and then it was cold, and then I fucking died. It was ridiculous. <laughs> you grab the little boy, you drag him back inside, you say, "Shut up and go to bed." That's that's parenting. And that's a life. Le- right. I'm gonna show when. When our son, I was just about to say his name, but we don't say names on this, do we? We are now saying your name because you're officially. But I'm now. here. You yes. were, you were but... the wife for so long. The wife. <laughs> At least I was that, rather than the one I live with. Yeah. <laughs> My housemate. <laughs> Her. Her, the other side of the door, yeah, yeah. tapping. Can I come in? Oh. <laughs> Can I keep you? Can I watch you undress? <laughs> oh. You took it too far. Wow. You took it to home improvement. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. 
But when our son is playing outside and he's like, oh, it's good. And I'm going to say, come in, watch this film. And I'm going to go to that scene. I'm going to say, you don't want to end up like Casper. (laughs) You still want to have flesh, so, and skin. So, up to bed you go. Yeah, Yeah. bed. Stay warm. Don't be silly. Joyous parent I'm going to (laughs) be. Simon will be like, no, just go back outside. Because he's reckless. (laughs) And And here, play with this lighter. Keep it warm. (laughs) (laughs) Good callback. Well, Dom, you uh, you'll maybe find some joy in this. Effany seems to find joy in this. Um, But she's never she's never met um, Michelle, but you have, and you remember what she was like. um, Hell, and um, (laughs) once when it was snowing. This is my sister. She, uh, she was like, I'll come outside, I want to show you something. And I was like, okay, all happy and whatever. And uh, I was like, what is it? She said, look, look down there. And I was like, what? This, like, you know, <laughs> thick snow. And she just grabs the back of my head and just smacks my face into the snow, face first, and just holds me down there, basically killing me <laughs> uh, in snow. But while she's doing it, she's just laughing maniacally. <laughs> and then I, like, get up, like, Ugh. And run into the house to just be like, Mom, Dad, she put my head in the snow. And she just walks behind, just going, he's lying, he's lying. <laughs> got, like, ice on my face. <laughs> but F finds that hilarious. And... <laughs> but you remember what she was like. She uh, she was bad, right? She was, um, she was fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with your sister at all. She was always lovely. So, no, I I remember what? I remember she I think she punched me once. She punched me in the back you, for like no you reason. You kicked her, I, uh, yeah. Did I, I kick think her? You kicked her back. Yeah, yeah. that was just wait. Bad. Who who was first? Who was first? No, she. I think she hit. Yeah, I remember this. She hit me I remember first. you kicked her. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. just retaliated. I shouldn't have you, retaliated, really. But she was no Cobra Kai. You she was retaliate. Yeah. <laughs> That's allowed. But oh. here you go. She is seven years older than us. Why are you hitting someone? I mean, she she once pushed me down the stairs, mm-hmm. and with the stairs used to go free. There was like three stairs, and it turned the corner. She pushed me down the first three, and I was about to fall down the main stairs, and then she grabbed me, and then she told me that she'd saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just what what a G. I I I feel like we would be really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> Would be, but behaviour like this got her banished from my family. So <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. so just imagine what Christmases would be like with her. Like yeah, but I'm thinking now. I, I would just I would just get ice cubes out of the freezer and just throw them at her. And just say, "Come on, then, do it now." <laughs> now, not then. Home. home. <laughs> nice. uh, uh, okay, so. Steven Spielberg filmed himself doing a cameo in the mirror in that sequence, but it was cut for pacing. And he was quoted saying he was relieved as he doesn't think of himself as much of an actor. Yeah, I think if I had seen it, seen because I didn't, I know his name, but I don't think I would have gone, oh, I would have been like, oh, who's he? Why is he in the mirror? Right? Because there's characters you recognise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People you recognise. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't recognise Spielberg? Well, now, but as a oh, kid, oh, then, I'd be like, yeah. oh, who's he? Oh, yeah. but just, just to come back to something you said earlier about, you know, there's there's bits for grown-ups in there. There's so much that I watched and thought, 
that's what that means or oh my god like what fatso says like oh i'm like oprah on hiatus at one point and i was like i had absolutely no idea what that meant as a kid but you know it kind of makes sense now and just just so much stuff that crops up and you think actually yeah clint eastwood and mel gibson popping up in the middle of this film you would have thought okay they're recognizable faces but why why are they here you know it's just oh look silly face <laughs> but yeah i get yeah i suppose you're absolutely spot on with like then you'd be like who the hell is this guy with with spielberg yeah that's a good shout but maybe the adults would have so yeah yeah, i guess they have they have to balance the pendulum of knowing that these kids are going with their parents right yeah so yeah yeah yeah. so a sequel to casper was written but was later cancelled in the year 2000 due to disappointing sales of the straight to video sequels which I think is a bit harsh. That you put them straight to video, like you didn't. If you'd done a box yeah. office release, but also there was hesitation from Christina Ricci to reprise her role. Mm. The house that was used for Whipstaff Manor was also used to film scenes from the Backstreet Boys music video. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Rock your body. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Rock back street. Oh, back. I was All right. Rock. I was going, rock your, your body. body. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Back streets back. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was so cool listening to my Now album with that on when I would come on the bass line. Hey, yeah. Uh, oh. On the button. <laughs> oh my god, we're back again. There we go. Is it Nick Nick Carter? Was he one of the Backstreet Boys? Yep. That was the one I, I wanted to be. Don't try and act like you didn't know. You blatantly had curtains. <laughs> I, I didn't, but A couple he did. of blonde tips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only. <laughs> oh, mine were based off of Nick Carter, but from the I Want It That Way video. I wanted uh, that that haircut and that coat, and I managed to get both. Um, and neither of them lived up to him. And I guess that's what happens when you're basing yourself off like a superstar, yeah, like a square jawed, like beautiful American person, and you're actually a spotty little kid that's using like hair gel that makes your hair like crack because it's so tough and hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what the biggest tip right oh, this took me like a decade to understand right I don't I don't care I don't do stuff with hair anymore I'm not bothered okay I have some and I'm happy about it it's fine <laughs> wish I had more but I don't okay we're not all Nick Carter but look <laughs> what I didn't know for a very long time is that do not style your hair with gel wax whatever mousse if you're so inclined in the 90s on wet hair I always used to get out of the shower and do it on wet hair. Well, now your hair is going to look not only wet for the whole day, but that wet hair just looks like greasy hair. Do it on dry hair. Towel dry, not too tough because that's going to hurt your hair follicles, okay? And then allow a bit of air drying going on. You're not going to use a hair dryer because um, that's effort. Just let it dry and then just a tiny bit of wax maybe, like just to get that sort of matte effect and that can sort of texturize and give a thickness don't do it on wet but when Simon goes to the barbers they 
don't know that trick, so they still put it on wet. <laughs> they do. Simon comes home from the barbers and I'm like, why can I see the comb line? <laughs> and he's too yeah. he's too polite to say anything. He'll be like, he's too polite. I reckon they they could shave one half of your head, and you'd go, yeah, thanks very much. Really happy with that. When they're, they're using the mirror, everything okay for you, sir? Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. And you just pay and walk out, <laughs> and then you'd be raging. Yeah. Absolutely and, and still give tip. Yeah, that actually happened about two months ago. He put the mirror. He put the mirror up, and I was thinking in my head, "Why can I see so much of my scalp?" <laughs> and, and he hadn't blended the line in, so I had like a line. It looked like you could lift the top of my scalp off like a hat, like it was a wig. And uh, and he was so angry. I think I told you this. He accidentally touched my lip when he was <laughs> doing my beard, and I could tell that he smoked cigarettes because it was salty. <laughs> He just like rubbed the bottom of my lip as he was doing it, um, and uh, and uh, yeah, I tipped him because they 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 price it awkwardly. They they only take cash. It breaks a note perfectly, so there's like three pound left. So Keep it's like, change, mate. You have to. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? In it. Who cuts your hair? Uh, I go to a guy called Ross. Uh, Ross has his own barber. Shout out, Ross. In St Albans. Do, do you? Do you make an appointment? It's not a walk-in. It used to be a walk-in, but now you have to make appointments. Is it online? Do you have his phone number to message him? How well do you know him? Do it online, but I could message him on Facebook if I wanted. And he, uh, just through like pure chance and circumstances and small worlds, I play football with him occasionally on a Monday night. He, He would come to football and play. He's like... A, f- a friend of someone else who came to football and just randomly turned up one day. This is years ago, and he's played. I played football with him for like a few years now. As was well he as... doing your hair before? Yeah. Or yeah. So yeah. was it an awkward? Oh my god, you do my hair. And he or... turned up, and I was like, "Now this is the geezer that cuts my hair." Weird. <laughs> yeah. Did you turn up the following week with some scissors and was like, "Take a." Take a little bit off the top, mate. I mean, the the, the Before problem. Before we start is, kicking the ball. Well, what, one thing that's really scary is turning up. If you like turned up to football and you had a haircut, you'd be like, "Who did that? That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me." I'd remember. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not shorter. I've styled it differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put gel in when it's wet. My friend it's said, "Wet your world. hair and just put fuckloads of wax and gel in and mousse and all sorts." <laughs> it's oh, volume, geez. but it's flat. <laughs> Well, so yeah, so it was filmed that the house was used for the Backstreet Boys, um, the Backstreet Boys music video. I've got glasses on, but I still can't see. I just want you to be surprised. After watching <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1991, several times, executive producer Steven Spielberg approached its director, Steve Barron, to direct the film, to, to direct Casper. However, Baron turned it down. He would later admit it was a mistake to turn the offer down. Mm. Well, with the amount of money it made, definitely. Yo. <laughs> Devin Sauer portrayed Casper in human form. However, this voice was still provided by Malachi Pearson. So even when Devin Sauer's on screen, it's still Malachi's voice. He's just lip syncing. Oh, wow. Can I keep you? Yeah, fucking... <laughs> For consistency, so told you I could dance. Yes, you don't look happy about. It. <laughs> <laughs> I turned into Michael Jackson. <laughs> like... 
Why are you not happy about that? Have it's no, ruined well, I, the illusion. No, because I knew that going into this film, because you'd already told me that it was someone else that done the voice, that actually I thought when he says, can I keep you when he's in human form, that it sounds different. Because mm. I was like, oh, it's not the same voice. But now you're saying it is. Yeah. So it's like, oh. I wonder if, because you, know, get, you get paid more if you have lines. I wonder, does that count as Devin Sauer not having any lines? Yeah, surely. I don't he know. doesn't have any lines. Yeah, I guess so. so or he does it the fact a... that he moves his mouth? That no. He can still argue that he moves his mouth. No sound. Like, he could technically be our background performer because it's one line or less. That's so true. Just like me. Just like you. Yeah, background performer. Oh, right. I've told you this, haven't I, Dom? That F was in World, uh, The World's End. End and Simon Pegg's a prick. Oh, no, you don't say that on here. He's not He's going to listen. Even if he is. Come on. You're not my sister in snow. I'll be <laughs> you in the snow, prick. <laughs> yeah, I heard that he was Effman. he was horrible to you and and he deserves bad things to happen. Yeah. Well, he wasn't horrible to me. He was horrible to the girl that I was with. We got changed in his trailer, not knowing it was his trailer, at the end of the night. And she had on, like, skirt and whatever else. So she was fully just no bot. Well, she had knickers on. And then he opens the door and he's like, why are you... And we were like, oh, my God, we didn't realise this is your trailer. And he just leaves the door open and waves us out. And she doesn't have any bottoms on. I'm I'm fully dressed. I was like, all right, mate, yeah, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> but this poor woman was just stood there. No, I waited with her, but... He, he didn't even close the door. He just left it open until she walked out with no bottoms on. That's a dick move, isn't it? Dick move. Dick move. Could have just let her get changed and said, it's my trailer. <laughs> and, but you know, that's uh, I put that quote up, the Muhammad Ali quote on Instagram the other day, that it's like, I watch how people treat the waiter because that's how they would treat me if I was in that position. So you have to think that yeah, that he's a douche because if that's how he's treating people. You know, he doesn't know. You know, yeah. then that's sort of like his default setting, really. You know. Yeah, he could have been having a bad day. Who knows? But at the time, I was like, oh, face in the snow, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Michelle? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so ready for a list of names that were considered for the role of not considered were offered the role of dr james harvey but declined yes okay any guesses uh michael keaton oh that's a good shout i could see that yeah you have a guess mel gibson (laughs) wow he's in in the mirror he's in it (laughs) he made it john ritter tom hanks Oh, I can see Tom Hanks. Dennis Quaid, Kurt Russell, Rene Russo, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey and Tim Allen all declined the role. And Tim Allen. Yeah, I can see Tim Allen. So that's kind of harsh on Bill Pullman a little bit, right? It's like 10th in line or something, but they're all big actors though, right? So yeah. any of those that you would have rather seen in, the, in, in that role, Don? Uh, actually, no, because I, I think... Bill Pullman kind of has the the perfect balance of like fairly amusing, funny, heartfelt dad moments and like bumbling idiot. 
and he he kind of puts that together well. If it was Jim Carrey, it'll all be like over, like accentuated, and it it, it would just be a bit too much. He'd, he'd Jim Carrey it too much, and that's just annoying. Um, who else was on? Dennis Quaid maybe. Dennis Quaid would kind of fit that role fairly well. Um, Tom Hanks. I don't know. I don't know if I can imagine him. He's almost like too heartfelt. Maybe he doesn't quite have the the silliness behind behind it as much. I don't think. But yeah, I think Bull Plum is like a really really good choice for it for the film. I mean, like tenth in line, but whatever. <laughs> and what do you think, Ev? I agree that Bill Pullman was the right choice, but I would definitely have liked to have seen Tom Hanks. Mm. But I think it would have changed it in terms of the film. Like, I think it would have, like you say, tipped it maybe more into the heartfelt. I think it, I just would have liked to have known what that looked like and the chemistry between him and Christina Ritchie, especially in that moment when he passes over. I think that could have been like a really nice scene with Tom Hanks. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I like the idea of Tim Allen as well, actually, because he mm. plays disgruntled quite well, doesn't he? Like, angry. I listened to him on the Mark Maron podcast the other day, and he's saying how he hates kids. Like, in real life, he hates kids, and it's like a funny thing because he's Buzz Lightyear, right? He's, like, loved by kids, but he actually hates them. So I think that could have been interesting. But I also agree, Bill Pullman is, is a great choice, and mm. he plays it really right well. Balance. He's got a really great voice as well. It's yeah. kind of like gruffly, isn't it? So here is a list of actors that were uh, considered, considered, not offered, considered for the role of Dibs. Any any guesses? Dibs? <laughs> um, Are they English? It's all over the place. It's probably the rest of Monty Python. It's like Michael Palin, yeah. uh, John Cleese. They were all offered it. <laughs> Terry Gillingham. Oh, no, I can't think of anyone. Hugh Laurie, <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Rick Mayall. Yeah. John Cleese, Michael Palin, <laughs> Bill Murray, Steve Martin, Alan Rickman, Brian Cranston, uh, Jason Alexander, Michael Richards, Daniel Stern, Chevy Chase, Gene Wilder and Stephen Fry. <laughs> Jesus, some of those people are massive, wow. and they're massive at that time as well. Steve Martin in this film as that character, is, that's just insane. <laughs> that's crazy. It's I mean, just, I know Eric um, Idle was, is, is, was massive as well, but, I mean, you you see, so you, you think of someone like Steve Martin and you think this guy is the, like one of the biggest stand-up comedians of the time, mm-hmm. um, and, and before <clears throat> that as well, plus all the films that he's he's in and is putting together it's, that's nuts just to think that he was even considered and same for Chevy Chase I suppose as well I, I don't like Chevy Chase at all like Chevy Chase films I can't watch thoughts? I don't even know who he is oh okay uh, you'd recognise him if you if you googled him what's yeah what's he been in? do you remember The Three Amigos? no oh, he's in that with Steve Martin <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> What else has he been in? It's all films I don't watch. Um, we'll, we'll look it up in a, in a minute and we'll go through a little list of Chevy Chase films. <laughs> well, how about this? There was one other person considered for the voice of Casper and remember it's the 90s. Who do you think it was, F? Think about child actors in the 90s. Oh. 
Was he in Home Alone? No. Then no, I'm out. Dom, any guesses? It's the 90s. Oh, uh, Chevy Chase is in Caddyshack. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not going to keep going through with films that he's in. Um, uh, in the 90s, Voice of Casper. So we want like a decent child actor in the 90s, basically. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone that's just in everything in the 90s. That isn't Macaulay that's Culkin. <laughs> that isn't Macaulay Culkin. Uh, Isn't as big as Macaulay Culkin, or as big? Not as big, but big. I mean, Macaulay Culkin's kind of like his own atmosphere, wasn't he? Like as child stars. Mm. But it's it, when you hear it, you'll be like, "Well, oh, of course." Was he in Home Improvement? Home Improvement. <laughs> <laughs> he was. His name is Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Thomas. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I, I only think because voice and he was Simba, right? Yes. And of course, I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> yes. Everyone's favourite. But his body is also in this, but I'm talking if he was just the voice for Casper, he's got a he's got a good voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was the voice of Simba, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's what I just said. Sorry, I got distracted getting the Blu-ray. Okay. So <laughs> Does it say who else would play Carrigan? Because when I watched this, I was like, do you know who would play her and be really good? And there's mm-hmm. only one person that comes to mind. is Jessica Lang. Okay. And Dom, any suggestion? Who would you have as Carrigan if it wasn't her? Um, that's a great question as well. Jessica Lang's like too scary for me. I've seen too much American Horror Story for for her to ever be a normal person in my life. It's just too weird. Um, don't like. I don't know. I, I Kathy Bates keeps coming to mind, but I'm not sure she'd fit fit Carrigan very well. She's not. She doesn't seem as like whiny, bitchy, annoying enough. Um, I'll have a think about who who I would prefer to play Carrigan. Well. Uh, people that were considered included Sigourney Weaver, oh God. Debbie Mazza or Mazer, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, and Fank Jansen, who was the one, the woman in Goldeneye that was strangling people, but like really horny. You know, she like strangles them with like her, basically with her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> This. <laughs> one lip round one side, round round the other, oh. and kegel stretches. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's the best Bond film. <laughs> it was my favourite one as a kid, I tell you that. Dad, I want to watch it again, but on my own this time, please. <laughs> Do you, uh, no, that's she was do you remember that um Nicolas Cage film we watched last year that was terrible yes. primal and yeah. it was she's the woman in that be any oh she was in the faculty yes she's in the faculty yeah oh. yeah she's in golden eye and i'm not lying right she there's a sex scene near the beginning and she kills she's as the guy she's with is climaxing she <laughs> suffocates him with her legs by squeezing him and so he climaxes and dies at the same time and then his dead body later falls out of a closet and his face is in this position <laughs> He right, looks, he looks happy about death. <laughs> he happy. went a good way. Yeah, what a way to go. <laughs> so, okay, 
few couple. I've got two more things, and then we'll talk about the film. So, oh gosh, after, oh, after, <laughs> it's like twenty past ten. It's the, time to go upstairs with the snacks. <laughs> Settle in. Do you understand now why these take these take time? Um, because you talk a lot. After, <laughs> it's a podcast. It's a podcast. After the film's release, Christina Ritchie said, looking back, that movie sucked. <gasps> How very dare she. We don't Indeed. want her on here. Hang on. <laughs> Wait. It made no sense. I'm supposed to fall in love with a ghost? How does this work? And he's like a cartoon. Well, part of him. She later claimed that she wanted to move on from children's films as she got older. One reason a a sequel never happened. Mm. (sighs) How does that... Well, Dom, how does that make you feel? I'm quite surprised, really, because... You know, there are there are elements in the film that, you know, we could question, aren't there? But it's it's all made in out of fun and entertainment and silliness and you kind of I, it, it's almost like she got to that point of like oh, I want to be a serious actor now and it kind of took it to the nth degree like too far. And F, how does that make you feel? I I remember feeling like this when I watched it when I was a, a teen, nineteen, and <laughs> and 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 today, um, in that why are the ghosts cartoons, and then but the mum ghost is not, and then but then I thought well actually in keeping with the the history and the story of it from the 1930s when it was the cartoon it needed to be recognizable to what it was originally so i'm i'm kind of in two parts in that well it had to keep some authenticity from keeping it in you know from the 1930s but at the same time yeah why does she fall in love with a cartoon i think that yeah that's a great point that they've got to keep it to the origin but also is it not that their ghosts here like cartoon ghosts because they haven't passed through when the mum's coming back she's already passed through so she's coming back like a vision almost like it's she so she's been to heaven or in the afterlife and come back yes but there's also levels of the cartoon so when um carrigan passes and when the dad passes they still look ever so slightly how they did you know, in human form. So they've got hair, she's got the he's got the glasses, etc. etc. Whereas Casper and Stinky Stretch and Fatso, they don't have hair. They have a little swirl. They don't have legs, they have a little point. I think it's because they are so far removed from what they were as humans that they've forgotten what they remember it says that they forget. Mm. So you know, like in that scary thing that we were watching, they the lose haunting, their face. The haunting of Blind Manor. Have you seen that, Dom? No. <laughs> oh, you need to watch that. It's so good. So good. Terrifying. Are you good with horror? Oh no, is it is it the one where the, the thing walks through the corridor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I Did didn't you like it? No, I didn't like it. I I, I like horror but Did you give it time? Yeah, I didn't think it was a... Did you watch it all I didn't watch it to the end. Because I, I Oh got, no, I got you bored. Have to watch it to the end. It all makes sense. Oh, okay. I got really bored. Because they like walks <gasps> The, the thing walks through the house then walks through the lake like up the pond or whatever the lake outside right and then just continuously does that and grabs anyone on the way through sort of thing 
Yeah, I, I got bored. I thought it was rubbish. <gasps> Is it worth me trying again then? Are you Christina Yeah, try Ritchie? again. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You get, it, 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 it tells you why and why they don't have a face and all of that, which I might have given away slightly, but... You're not, you're not going to watch it, are you, Dom? I might, but I don't care about spoilers, remember? Okay. No, 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 no. Except for one. Except for one. No, no, yeah, it kind of is relevant to it. But yeah, okay. But yeah, that these are interesting points. I like your idea, yeah, that they've been... They've forgotten what their unfinished business is and all of those other things, so they're just turning into just white goo, basically. You know, <laughs> where... Because it, they're so far removed, so maybe it's like if Carrigan and if... Uh, Dr. Harvey had remained, they would eventually would have gone to that form as well. I've got I've got two big questions about the film in, in particular, but, but before I get to those two questions for you, I really like the idea that of, of like what both of you are saying is that I, I thought it's because they're because they haven't passed over like passed through to the other side or crossed over or whatever they say. That's why we see them as like these white cartoony blobs, um, and then what you were saying, Eth, with the element that they sort of still remember. Because when Carrigan comes back, she knows to go to the vault. She knows to do this, she knows to do that. But the other three that have been ghosts forever or four, that have been ghosts for a long time, they're not going to remember these things. So they kind of lose those elements. I quite I quite like that. And when the mum reappears, like Simon said, she's crossed over and she's reappearing, but she's referred to as like an angel. She never. I don't think she ever confirms or denies that angel thing. You know, the, the what's his face? Doctor Harvey says, "Oh, are you, are you an angel?" Sort of thing, and she just kind of like laughs it off and then carries on talking. So, I've I've got two questions about about something completely separate. I mean, it's Casper related, but it's separate. So, mm-hmm. we have one bottle of the red primo- primordial goop stuff that you know is there and ready to use. But there's another bottle that's like pretty much empty, and then there's loads of other bottles. So who is Daddy Casper bringing back to trying to bring back to life all the time? How's how's he testing it? If he's because it says in the newspaper he's convinced he was haunted, like being haunted by his son or his son's like ghost was there, but he never. It's almost like it was never tested, or was it tested? And Casper's just forgotten over time that they've tried and it didn't work, and it was like trial and error. Mm. I think it'd be the second second. one yeah they've been trying forever and yeah is that what you think yes and so when he's declared insane that that last bottle he didn't get to try and so he's taken to an insane asylum and that last bottle's there and then Casper can't do it because he's not got someone to do it on the outside and then he forgets and then he forgets Mm. Uh. Well, my second question is also related to the uh, contraption. Is that Bill Pullman falls down like a manhole or whatever and dies, appears as a ghost, is put in the machine, and then is back alive again? Is that body still at the bottom of that manhole? Or, or oh. well, that's what I want to know. You're running too deep here. <laughs> Simon always says that whenever I say things like this, and Simon's always like, "You're overthinking it. Don't overthink it." <laughs> Now, I'm, uh, this whole film's ruined for me because oh, his body's no. down in some manhole. Yeah, <laughs> it's like some construction worker's going to come across it and be like, ah, like, I'm terrified. Phone the police, police going to take it, analyse it, DNA. 
They're going to do swabs. They're going to go to Christina Ricci. They're going to approach her at school. They're going to say, hey, cat, kind of sit down. We need to talk to you. And she's like, what's going to happen? What's happened? So we found your father's body. He's he's dead. And she's going to be like, no, he's not. He's like over there. And then he's going to be over there. And they're gonna, there's going to be a dead version and a live version. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, the mum, uh, you know, his... Deceased wife, deceased wife will do clean-up duty. <laughs> do a good feathers, you know. Get the dead body, go take it out to the woods. Chuck it in the boot. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. you watched that film Soul on Disney? Yes. He falls down a manhole. He does. I wonder whether or not he goes back in that manhole and goes back to his body. He does go back to his body. Goes and back then to does his he, but body. how does he get out? Doesn't does he end up a, goes in, in a cat? Yeah. Yeah, the cat goes in his body. Yeah, but then does he goes back into his original body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. does he go back into his original body in that manhole? Yeah. And so how does he get out? Maybe they watched Casper and thought, <laughs> we're going to tie up some loose ends so we don't go into the Casper trap. That's, that's what they call it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Casper, Casper trap. Casper trap. I'm going to say on record, I reckon you're probably the only person to ever think about that, Dom. No. Pose that. There must I be. I think more. that's beautiful. <laughs> take it. Take that. Take that. Okay. Take that. We'll take 50%. Okay. <laughs> of two, that idea. 2%. 2%. Two, two. <laughs> well, I have two more things and then we'll go in. Oh, no, that was the, that was one of them. Right, in the director's commentary, Brad Silberling recalled that the production team needed a young a young actor as Casper in human form for the Halloween dance on short notice. He knew for the moment where Cat and Casper re, uh, reunite at the dance needed to feel genuine. He needed an actor who could elicit a strong reaction from Christina Ritchie. So he brought her along for the process of casting a human Casper. Silberling discovered Devin Sauer's picture and contacted him. And when Richie and Sauer met on set, Richie was blushing and giggling so much in the presence that Silberling knew he had found the perfect actor for the part. I'd already said that piece of trivia earlier in my own words, but there it is from when I copied and pasted it from IMDb. Now right, we've spoken about the trivia. We've spoken about you know who made the film, how it was received, and you know all all of those things. So let's just talk in like broad strokes about the storyline. Now that we've sort of got that set up, so we've got the opening act. We're starting with the two kids going into the into the house, into Whipstaff, Whipstaff. How are they saying it? Whipsnade. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's with the American accent, so. Whipstaff. There we go. And <laughs> but it'll be Whipstaff over here. Whipstaff. With an R. Whipstaff. <laughs> and if it was here, it'd be the uh, the the hotel from the witches, wouldn't it? Like it's on the cliff edge still by the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Great film. Brilliant film. Horrible film. Um, <laughs> but as in scary. But so these two kids go in on like a dare to get the picture. We're introduced to Casper. Uh, and you know it's kind of like a, a funny opening, and we sort of go straight into Carrigan getting this inheritance, right? That's from her sick dad that she was sort of fakely uh, nursing to get her inheritance, and he's giving money all to all places, charities, animals, and whatever, and she gets given 
The deeds to this house, she doesn't care. She throws it in the fire. This is the first time Dib sets his hand, you know, alight. And we set the wheels in motion that we can see the hidden writing that there is treasure here, treasure in, in Whipstaff. And so now they're, you know, excited about it, need to go find it, but don't know where it is. But Dom, when you were watching this, you know, just recently, like, did you remember that this was the plot? Could you remember that there was this, you know, Lazarus contraction in the basement? Or was this all like, you know, you didn't remember? No, I remembered all of that. I, I remember them being in that office, but I didn't. Re- I actually didn't remember it being at the beginning of the film. I thought, for whatever reason, I thought we kind of met Christina Ricci and Bill Pullman first, but it, that wouldn't have ever made sense, so... Um, yeah, I'd kind of forgotten what the the flow of the film was, but I remember that there was some sort of writing that had appeared, but I had forgotten that Eric Idle like sets himself alight to basically try and find out and work it out. My my favorite thing is the guy that's reading out the um like the will and is saying what's been left to who and whatever. It's just the fact that he says. Uh, and there's been left to the dyslexic Dalmatians and it's just like that's just brilliant there's just some of the stuff in there and again never ever would have paid any attention to that as a kid like would have just gone okay so there's a stuff like there's a wasp one as well like money's been given to the wasps of whatever and there's just so much in there um, and then when she says can we just skip to my bit he goes okay beavers badgers and just reads another list of like animals that has got money and it's like okay and you've inherited this derelict building basically and I, I thought it was actually a really really good scene I, I hadn't I hadn't quite got all the pieces of the puzzle but as soon as it came like as soon as it came on I was watching it I was like yes this is this is what happens I remember I, I'd forgotten the kids at the beginning as well going in and having the picture taken and Casper taking the picture and then being like Arr. yeah completely forgot that bit what about you two I remembered it but it wasn't that it was significant to me then I just thought, well, I just thought, oh, it was, it was just a way to have a, a baddie, and but the the main bits of the film that I remember was just in the house. It wasn't the lead up to the house. It was always from the house. I remember the school bit as if it was a bigger bit as well for some strange reason. But it was only that one scene when then tying the shoelace. But mm. for me, it was like, oh, she's in school. She's and I forgot completely about the beginning bit. But I remember it being there. I just didn't pay much attention to it. And, yeah, I, I same. I didn't pay attention to the fact that it was, like, really an inheritance or any of them things. I just... I didn't even... I, I When I watched it the first time, because well, we've watched it... I watched it twice in the last couple of months, but... I couldn't remember. I, I totally forgot that, that that Dr. Harvey died. I was, like, shocked I, when it happened. I, I completely forgot that whole part of the film. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just didn't think about it too too tough, really. And I was like, whoa, oh, my God, he's dead. And when, I mean, we'll get to that part, but when the three, the uncles are going to kill him, like, this is sick. They're going <laughs> to kill him just because they want a friend. <laughs> Um, which is actually quite funny in like a dark humid kind of way but yeah I, I didn't really remember that it, it kind of always makes me uh, well it kind of makes me laugh now but I always always sort of considered it at the time and, and never really thought about it but she asked Casper she's, um, if she can hurt him or he can hurt her 
yet mm. the fights between the dad and the ghosts and like b- between the other three and the fact that they're trying to kill him with bottles and it kind of takes that little bit of illusion away as well which which was like it was a bit strange to me as an element in the film that I, thought, I don't really get how like is, was Casper just being nice and also something else I've considered in the in the mix of this podcast is is Carrigan like a descendant like related to Casper in some way is this is this manner been passed right. through generation and she's some sort of relative mm, wow Dom you have gone deep on this this is <laughs> that's, yeah I never thought of that of course she must be because that's their house yeah so wait well it's not Casper's dad then is her dad Ca- Casper's dad like judging by the picture it's like Victorian era it's like 1800s isn't it yeah. Right, right. So then we've got a chain of family inheriting this mansion. So Casper's probably her like great great uncle or something. <laughs> mm. Crazy. Yeah. Nice. Nice. This is why you get that fifty percent, baby. <laughs> I'm earning that ninety eight percent. Yeah. Yeah, ninety eight. You you're on that two percent. <laughs> And that's why you get that two percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So we then we get introduced to uh, well through through Casper. Well, for, they they get to the whole point of where they're not able to get the ghosts out. Right? They're trying all of the different things, like you said. They have the the priest come. Is, is the priest? someone famous we couldn't work that out they're like it's recognizable and the voice is recognizable or is it just like an impression from like the exorcist or something i do, do you know what i really didn't know either i was looking at it thinking is he someone famous because he because everyone that approaches the house and goes in because then we have you know obviously um ray from ghostbusters run out yeah dan Aykroyd runs out and then you have we've got pop-ups of clint eastwood and mel gibson and so on and so on i kind of thought oh maybe he's he is somewhat famous, but I absolutely love the way he said "quam cake," <laughs> <laughs> and I'd forgotten him completely. How can I forget the best, the best, the best piece of cake? You know, a piece of quam cake. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. What a great character! And then he comes out. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's fine, fine." And his like head's turned the wrong way. <laughs> I I can't. I'd... I love that bit. I don't, I don't want to detract from that part because I thought it was really funny as well. But I actually thought it was a silly use of CGI in that moment. Like I think they could have made that look more realistic with practical effects. Like like they could have just had him in his clothes backwards or something. You know? Yeah. You no. Know? Like with some like line like makeup lines or whatever, it might not have looked so. I think it dated the film a little bit. That effect. Like not. We're trying to be negative, guys. You, think, you didn't think that then, did you? You thought, oh, that looks good. Yeah. You didn't really think of it then. No. <laughs> but practical just holds up better. I also, I was eight. You say I that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what's going on. <laughs> but, okay, so they've got all the different people going in. She tries to demolish the house at one point. That's not working. And then Casper is flicking through the channels and he sees Dr. Harvey and her cat on hard copy. And was, F and I were watching it this morning, we're laughing, where the narrator's like, 
you know, Dr. Harvey, ghost therapist, and his loner daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was such a, like a, a, it's really nasty thing to say, but I, I thought it was very kind of out of place as well. It seemed a bit strange for a news report to go that, that far on someone and be that cruel. And go up to her while she's going to school, mm. the first day of the new school, just following her with the camera. How odd. Does your dad hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> He's my dad. He's my dad. <laughs> That's not a no. <laughs> <laughs> there was no definitive answer there. <laughs> uh, and they then get the... Uh, you know, she, Casper goes to Carrigan's hotel room and sort of goes through the wires and is able to bring the TV over to her and she then gets wind of it and is able to somehow sort of, you know, get in contact. And then they're driving the classic, like, station wagon with, like, the wood on the outside and the leather seats. The veneer. Yeah, classy. I always wanted one of them. You know, with, like, the wooden steering wheel. Yeah. You? No. Dom? Um, I always wondered why it had wood on it why they have wood on them what a terrible design of a of a car but they're always like massive as well aren't they you could fit like a, people tend to think of like boot sizes in terms of how many dogs you can fit in it and you could probably right. fit about 30 dogs in a station wagon you know quite easily you get 30 lunas in there definitely excellent <laughs> that would be crazy Can you imagine 30 lunas uh, no <laughs> there's only one Luna <laughs> there's only one Luna. this is usually in a minute this is where Dom gets a little flash of Luna when she's legs <laughs> yeah I get the special show I get I get the <laughs> I get the home improvements <laughs> this the only fan Luna's only fan is on this Zoom well um, so and then they have this conversation as they're as they're driving through and um like on the highway and this is about that uh, cat has been to like nine different schools within the same year that's nine different cafeterias and she just wants to make a friend she's lonely so this is setting up everything you know Casper's lonely he wants a friend but it also begins her character being kind of obnoxious but obnoxious in a way that it's designed for kids. Like when we are kid, when we were kids watching it, it's designed for us to think that she's really cool, you know. And it's one of these dynamics where it's like the kid is the parent, like the kid is the one that looks after the parent, but like like in Smart House, Dom, or you know, in like in loads of these films. And it's like the kid is, she's got all the quick comebacks all of the time, and she's calling like names and things. Like when she's looking around the house, and she's like, uh, oh. Fat so stinky and stretch. Where's oh, what did she say? Where's dopey and doc or something? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. all of these quips that come on now. We none of us were this fast at twelve, right? <laughs> or that, or this like knowing all these references and whatever. And she fixes the light. Yeah, oh, a penny will do for tonight, but we need a pack of twenty watts or whatever. If I said that to my dad when I was a kid, he'd say, "Shut up." <laughs> No. You were out there burning your arms, so <laughs> he wouldn't. But he would also be like, I just he wouldn't be taking advice from a child, you know. I don't, I don't know. Am I being over overzealous? Overzealous. <laughs> I think you're being overcritical of her. 
But do you not think that's what her design is? Is for us to think that she's really cool, like for the kids to want to be like her. I don't. I don't know because I don't think I wanted to be like her. I just remember her being a bit more of the adult because she's had to take on that role because her dad's a little bit useless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit away with the fairies. Um, yeah, she's not got a mum. I don't know. I think you're being a bit harsh. Dom, uh, I th- I think she's had to step up into that like mum type role, hasn't she? So yeah. she has to take on a, a bit of extra responsibility, know about things around the house because the mum probably did all that anyway, and the dad is a bit a bit silly, a bit doesn't really consider things like that. You know, if if you're gonna go and ask either of her parents to put up some shelves, you're not asking him. Yeah, that's how I see it. And then it, yeah. it just kind of befalls to cat and she she takes it on she's putting up all the shelves in that mansion for sure <laughs> for sure <laughs> okay, just, Where does it... sorry just for a little bit of context about um the priest it's actually a character from um a comedian called oh my god uh don novello and it his character is father guido Sarducci, who has been on Saturday Night Live, which we don't really get over here in the UK. I mean, we can get it, but it's not something that's ever really been at the forefront of TV or like entertainment over here. So it's something that we would have like missed and like completely overlooked. But like quite like from the seventies and stuff like that, this guy is quite famous. So that's probably where the joke is in that. Mm. Nice. Sorry. Excellent. <laughs> No, that's no, good. That's good. Well, F, where do we go from here? Keep that in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's next? (laughs) You were talking about the station wagon. We then went into her being in the house and turning on the lights and seeing the beds. So -hmm. then she sees Casper. This this is come. The reason that F's laughing like this, Tom, is because. She was like, so I'm just like being interviewed on this. I'm like, and I was like, no, we're doing a podcast talking about it. She's like, I don't want to talk about it. So like, what do you mean? No, I mean, I did want to talk about it, but I thought you were going to say, and, you know, how did you find X and da 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 I wasn't, I, I said to you, I don't want to be thrown in because it would remind me of when I used to work and I would be daydreaming and then they'll be like, and Ethany, over to you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What's over to me? I have to make something up. So now, she meets Casper. Mm-hmm. That's what was next, is that she meets Casper. Well, she goes into her room and then she's like punching the pillow and he's in the pillow and all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then she goes and sees him. And they're, so they're introduced. How did you find that introduction, Dawn? Well, it's, she's going thrown through... In. Thrown in. <laughs> she's going through her box of stuff, in. isn't she? So the dad, the dad appears, throws the box in the room. He's in the closet, throws the box on his head. It's all these kind of little things that he, Casper's desperately going, uh, uh, 
and trying to introduce himself and all these little things keep getting in the way it's almost like Casper's a bit shy and a bit worried because he doesn't want to scare her because all, all he wants is a friend that's all he's asked for and it's kind of what Kat says at the beginning as well as all I actually just want one friend I can't remember anyone's name um, because we're never there long enough exactly like you said a minute ago Simon is the, the nine schools the nine cafeterias um, and as she's sitting there going through her box of stuff she throws the socks behind her and it goes in his mouth just as he goes to say I'm Casper and he <laughs> spits the socks at the back of her head and she's like what the hell is that and turns around and instead of screaming she passes out and then he does the, the, the tap thing and I always think like the brown water that comes out of those pipes straight away is always like always really freaked me out when, when I was even watching it as a kid I was like oh, that's disgusting that's really horrible. And he like taps it and then clean water comes through. And he manages to like ring himself out, doesn't he? And wakes her up. And then she screams. What? I, and I, I couldn't work out if the scream was real. You know when you watch Jurassic Park and, and Lex in it like famously hired for the film because she could scream so well. Christina Ricci just kind of slightly opens her mouth and then this amazing like high pitched whistle scream sort of comes out of her and I was just like was that real it didn't it almost didn't seem real maybe they added it in post it's a Devon Sauer situation <laughs> Steve Ritchie didn't even say any of her own lines it's all Malachi <laughs> poor kid that's why he never worked again he was like I was doing the He's voice for everyone yeah he got his two percent <laughs> <laughs> well okay so we have that introduction and then what do we get next is it that uh, cats go into school while she's oh no before that we yeah, have the, the breakfast scene right and before that the three the, the introduction of cat, the uncles yeah. with, the, with Dr Harvey yeah and he rolls down the stairs I always remember that scene with the carpet and he picks the carpet and he goes down the stairs like a sushi roll I saw I watched it yeah perfect I watched an interview with Bill Pullman uh, it was like from a few years ago reflecting on Casper and he was saying about how that scene where he's like fighting with the plunger with them and he said it was so hard to film because it was the early days of CGI Steven Spielberg came to set for that day because it was going to be the most expensive like day or whatever and they said that for every so he's fighting with nothing there right they say for every wrong move he makes like if any wrong move he makes that ruins like a frame or whatever Every mistake will cost the studio a hundred thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! Oh, and so he said he was just like absolutely shitting himself. <laughs> and um, oh and but he got, he got through. And then he said that afterwards they told him that they were like, "Oh, that's all right. We'll just fix it in post, and we'll just put them around you. It'll be all right." But. So, <laughs> Um, but yeah, but it was like, you know, one of the, it was a really complicated scene to do. And he was saying it was really hard for him acting wise because there was nothing there. You know, it's like they do it. It's a bit different now, isn't it? Like in Planet of the Apes, you actually got Andy Circus there in like mm. the full green suit. And at least people are acting against something, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. Very true. It's a good point. There's There's some really, really great touches in the whole film of the CGI, though that I think might go a little bit missed and, and not uh, not as recognised as they probably should do. Like the the moment where Casper goes into the tiny room and Christina Ricci's put it all together and he's like, oh, I had five fingers. And he puts his hand 
on the, the thing on the wall and as he moves his hand it moves mm. as well and there's little elements and touches like that that happen throughout the film like when he throws the hat back on the on the little stand and um in the kitchen at the breakfast scene like you just said and there's loads of different little bits just throughout the film like that that are like that really good blend of cgi working with the the real element and the real thing you know i think there's a moment where like um bill pullman's hair gets like blown at the back and he sort of turns around and then his you know angel ghost wife is standing behind him <laughs> and uh there's yeah all these little elements throughout the whole film really made the cgi work well with with reality mm. that's a good point um the, really good. the three uncles enter dr harvey right uh, <laughs> i didn't remember this they like go into his mouth and then that's where the mirror scene comes out like, how did you find that f on this viewing yeah good in the uh, it, i remember it and i don't feel like i looked at it any differently to how i remember it um more in the i i was looking for <laughs> this going to sound really strange i was looking for when they enter him if it looks dated does that make sense mm. because of the way that they the cartoons go into the mouth but um it does it doesn't i think it's done really well i i think i think you're like spot on there i think the film has actually aged really well and in terms of the effect there it does look like they're going into bill pullman's mouth in. and then yes. and then he has that <laughs> scene so but you don't see them come out that's that's what concerns me the most is you never see them come out and he manages to catch them in a vacuum cleaner as well which also looks pretty good um the way they've the way they put that together and they made that but you never see them coming out it's always a bit scary like what happens where do they go it does always make me laugh as well that when um, stinky stretch they kind of dive into his mouth quite easily and then Fatso has to like squeeze himself in but that happens when he goes through doors and stuff like that you think a ghost is just quite freely flow for a door but when he goes to a door it's like his head goes through and then like he has to squeeze the rest of him through it's like his his like ghost density still makes him struggle getting through at like the walls and stuff which I always think is quite funny yeah, it's really good touches, and the the fact that they use like you know free comedians for the the ghosts is uh, is great. You know, I think that uh, they were saying that Bill Pullman was also saying in that interview that they just improvised a lot of their lines around what he was doing because they could do that in post production. So mm -hmm. to react more to what he was doing, and they can just throw in punchlines. So it's great. I mean, around this time, so we have. I can't remember what comes first. I think they do the breakfast first. The breakfast stuff, again, they were saying that it was some of the most complicated shots in the whole film because... Because of the food going through. Because of the food going through yeah. and he's doing the, doing the eggs and everything. And I found... I found a... I mean, again, okay, look, we have a difference of opinion here, guys, but Christina Ritchie's character, Kat, sorry, Casper... I've done you eggs. Over easy made me yak. Excuse me? I've made you eggs. Um, if you'd like them a different way, then feel free to firstly use my name, secondly use a please, and then put in your request. And I'll do my best to appease you. But you're a guest in my house. This is like our relationship. I'm Casper, and you're Kat. <laughs> and I'm making you eggs in the morning. And you're always like, 
I want them poached. And I'm already frying them. <laughs> well, frying fried eggs will make me yak. <laughs> like they did this morning. Oh, God, I did almost. I almost Ralph this morning. Oh, it was wow. Right. What, because of eggs? Yeah. How do you feel about eggs? I like eggs. I'm happy with eggs. How do you How do, you do them? Always, how every do way. you like <laughs> your eggs in the morning? I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna finish the song. <laughs> I, I I was gonna say just alone. So sad. <laughs> um, I like them fried, scrambled, poached, raw, whatever. I'll eat it. Not raw, really. <laughs> what about when you if you like? Undercook the egg a little bit when it's fried, and, and it gets that, that, that like snot. transparent. It's not egg snot. Transparent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Does that make you want to just chuck? Is your preferred word, isn't it? Yeah. Chuck. <laughs> chuck. It's gonna make me chuck. Now I just throw it back on the the frying pan for for a minute. What I quite like doing is throwing the egg the other way up. That's quite a fun fun thing to do, it, and it when it splits, it's a bit annoying, but. Oh, I like it split. I have to have it cooked all the way through. Nice. If I'm going to have it. But otherwise, even the word egg makes me feel a bit funny. Oh, why are you both the eating eggs if you, you both feel about it? <laughs> you both... I made you eggs this morning. We both hate eggs. Well, stop making them. I made him eggs. I had a bagel. <laughs> I don't eat the egg. Yeah, I know you hate me. have that. <laughs> Again, like I, like I said, I'm Casper. He's cat. <laughs> That's so picky. He turns into an egg later on, doesn't he? He does. Oh, yes. mm. he does. Oh, runny egg. Oh, little runny egg, Casper. He's egg. Well, <laughs> Casper, what's that clear shit on you? <laughs> Put you back in the pan on the other side. So, okay. <laughs> They're having breakfast. Well, what happens next is they eat the food. The food goes through. You see it come through and it's all on the floor. He starts to sweep it up. And then, uh, yeah, poor, and they're saying about Cinderella. But what I do notice here is a lot of puns, mm. and I think that that's dotted throughout. Which I do, I don't think I noticed when I was younger watching this, but I'm definitely appreciated watching it this time round. And so when Cat and the uncle start to argue, and she's like saying whatever, and then she's like drop dead, and they're like too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was funny. And then they're saying about being a fleshy. And, yeah, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I really like, I like those points. Yeah, drop dead. Already done it. Yeah, or something like that. doesn't yeah. he, doesn't he um, doesn't stretch call him bone bag at one point as well? Calls doctor yeah. bone bag. Bag. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have to talk. I think my favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite scene in it was in the whole movie was when they're like. They were pretending that they were going to show him his wife. Yeah, and they and the, and the music comes in. Go get a duck, and it's like it's all sentimental. And then they open the door, and it's fat so in a dress. <laughs> when I when I watched when I watched that earlier, I I couldn't help but feel how brilliantly well put together and how lovely and that's this is going to be such a wonderful moment i was thinking about people watching it for the first time thinking oh my god what because the music was perfect it was this was it this is going to see the wife he's got through to them they're going to share they're going to have this great wonderful moment she's he's going to be reunited with his 
dead wife and it will be wonderful and then you just see fatso at the back with his wig and little dressing on and it's horrendous and you can't help but feel bad for him um but just the whole setup the whole build-up to it is really well again really well put together i thought yeah for sure for sure (laughs) but and are we allowed to jump ahead because i think that that in that made it even more important when you do see her later on and the music does come on you can't you don't build up to and then so it feels like it's even more of a oh it's her and they i think they have to have her looking like how she is in the pictures we know that that is her rather than being this cartoon Mm, you know so it's yeah exactly and 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 music's there and yeah and she even says you have three ghosts or friends or whatever that have stuck to their end of the deal stuck to their word and they they actually went and so all this time that they were doing that yeah so yeah because they did actually like him I mean they wanted to kill him to be friends with him (laughs) but but yeah that's what I I do with you Simon I just want to kill you because I want you to be my friend (laughs) <laughs> it must be what Michelle was doing all those years ago. In the she snow. just liked you. She just liked you. I like you so much. I'm going to drown you in snow. <laughs> I remember it was like close to our pond. Like we had a pond because I wanted like pet, and my dad used to always talk me out of getting a dog because he would be like, "But why don't you have a hamster? You can put it in a wheel." And I was like, "Okay." Like after I spent six months begging for a dog, and I whittled him down. We were going to get the dog, and he talked me out of it in the car on the way there. He must have got home, and to my mum, just been like, get the champagne. Get the champagne. <laughs> He'd done the fucking hamster. He bought it. He bought it. Homer. But yeah. He was never getting that dog. Homer, who sadly, in his second year of life, do you remember how he passed on? God, not in a hoover. Did he chew some cables or something? No, it's a little <laughs> bit sadder than that. Um... Sadly, they're being electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He lived an okay life. Um, I feel like it was a good life, but I was scared of him, so I didn't want to let him out of the cage because he terrified me because he had teeth and claws. <laughs> um, and uh, I wasn't the most attentive with, like, cleaning out his, like, cage and things. I mean, my dad probably ended up doing it, I don't know. But eventually, um, he lived... uh, Hamsters only lived for about two years, I think. Well, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Your hamsters only lived for about two years. And is this two years, human years? Human years, yeah. (laughs) What's a hamster year? (laughs) I was going to say, you know how dogs have... They're in like fours or fives or whatever. But really, what was two years in his life was actually only two months in real life. No, it was two years. It was two years. I think that's normal. Um, but yeah, and one day he had like a bit of a bulge um, by like his his back end. And, uh, then... Sorry. Please carry on. What did you do? Sorry, I'm really just tender moment. Are you sick? Are you sick? (laughs) Yes. Are you sick? Yes. Do you need need me to call my sister put your head in the snow? (laughs) (laughs) Right. He had a bit of a bulge and then it got bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually he pooed out his insides. Oh my God. (laughs) Dominic. 
Dominic. Did you see it? Did you see the... I feel a little bit sick. <laughs> it was very sad. I mean, I'd like to think the dog would have lasted longer. <laughs> It was very sad. He was called Homer after Homer Simpson. I gathered. Um, oh. We have a dog now, and I love her so much. Um, I know. I've witnessed firsthand. But first you know hand. what? She always needs her anal glands Wait, done. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> when I was at your when I was at your barbecue, your birthday barbecue that I was invited to, there was a moment where Luna was not present shall we say and there was a conversation between myself uh ethany and and my girlfriend and we discussed basically the level of priority in terms of love and connection within your household that you have to the other people in the household which includes your lovely wife that's here your your fairly newborn son and your dog and luna the dog was number one (laughs) And you immediately came over and went, where's Luna? And uh, I think I got the blame for Luna not being around. <laughs> well, when you say not around, you mean you locked her in another room of the house? You said, I got, I I, I'm not in charge of locking dogs in other rooms of the house, am I? F, who did it? Oh, I'm sorry. So she was free to roam around the whole of the living room, the upstairs, <laughs> the hallway... But because she was practically trying to eat our son's face whilst he was in the paddling pool outside. F, have you not learned anything from Casper? He had a whole massive house and he was on his own and he was lonely all of them years. He started to forget who the fuck he was. Do you want that to happen to our dog? Have you not learned anything from Homer? (laughs) Poor Homer. Can we go back to anal gland? Yeah, <laughs> let's let's definitely go back to anal glands because what I didn't know was that Simon's pet previous had died from probably anal gland miss whatever, and now our dog always has to have her anal glands expressed. <laughs> so is it not the same thing? Well, it's not because this time I stepped up and did it for a year during COVID, so maybe, but I don't think I could have done it to a hamster. <laughs> Fingers aren't nimble enough. <laughs> Fingers aren't thin enough. <laughs> I know it was like a proper thing I think I assume that my parents would have taken him to the vet and stuff like I think it was just unfortunate but I think it just happens <laughs> the vet People is, is a brick in, in the back people. garden <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they just give it to Michelle you know what to do the yeah. snow's out there make, make things happen stone in the snow <laughs> oh stone in the snow <laughs> Then and now. Now and then. So, the reason I was bringing this up was because I think one of these things, tricks to stop me having a dog was to have a pond in the garden. And what happened to the pond was that it just became infested with, like, frogs and things that killed all of the fish. But I had to go out there when we had fish in there, in while in, like, secondary school, and it would freeze over. And I had to, like, un- you know, break the ice so that the fish wouldn't die. I don't think you need to do that. You do, because they breathe. They come up and breathe their air, don't they? Tom, we look to you. 
you fish, you fish connoisseur. You had a fish for like two decades. I did. Yeah, I but did. was that in the pond fish, or was that in a tank? That was in a in a little tank in the kitchen. But f- fish fish have gills, so they don't breathe oxygen, do they? Like from the air, they breathe it from the water. Yeah, but they need, but yeah, exactly. But so there needs to be a way for the air to get into the water. So if it was frozen over the top, then no air can penetrate the water, right? Well, anyway, they <laughs> told me. I knew someone that the... had a pond, and they said that you don't need to break the pond during winter because the fish go further down. But this, I think they lied to me. But this doesn't matter <laughs> for the context of the story because we can't go back to the mid nineties and tell my my parents this. We also can't tell you then. Right. But we can tell you now, now and then. Right. Well, they told me I had to go out and break the ice. Um, They just wanted to get rid of you. They just need a five minutes break. (laughs) But instead of doing it with a stick, I used to do it with my foot. And then one time my foot fell through into a freezing pond. Anyway, when my sister put my head in the snow, it was right next to the pond. And I was fearful that she was going to try and put me into the pond. Like she did with Homer. <gasps> Poor Homer. You you told that story about Homer with this background of you didn't clean out the cage, etc., etc. Do you think that's what led to him having his insides coming out? No, I don't know. I think it was just natural. It happens of old age, I think, sometimes. Two. Yeah, I think two was the age. I think it was the age. All right, okay. So they go. To, she goes to school. They don't have the hall anymore because there's asbestos to be able to do the Halloween dance. So a rich girl basically says she could offer up her house without even asking her parents, and then without even asking Cat, they offer up her own her her house. Yeah. Right? But it's funny because they they ask, where is she living? And so then someone says, well, hang on. Wait a minute. She's living in this haunted house. Sir, can't we have our, our party at her house? <laughs> oh, yeah, great idea. <laughs> they don't even ask her. Yeah, she's authorised yeah, by the teacher. <laughs> yeah. The only t- I love these 90s films and TV shows where there's just one teacher. <laughs> this one teacher... And he turns up at the house as well. And there's yeah. about a thousand Again, children. on his own. Yes. There's loads of them, isn't there? Because in the classroom... Where do they all come there's from? There's about 30 of them. But then when we get yeah. into into the into the house, into the mansion, there's literally hundreds of them. They're just everywhere. Yeah. The, the, the student, teacher, you know, watching rate, the cover, their insurance wouldn't cover that. No way. No way. No way. Need more teachers on site. <laughs> Well, if we kind of, like, just sort of skip through a little bit um, and get through... So we get sort of through to sort of the, the middle section of the movie we're looking at. We get some of Casper's backstory that we've already spoken about. He's dead. We've, uh, the, the, <laughs> thanks, Tom, yes. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the three uncles uh, are dead. bonding further with... Yeah, also dead. Thank you, Tom, yes. Uh, bonding with Dr. Harvey. They take him out for drinks. Uh, this is when they, they're thinking about killing him. And then they decide they're not going to kill him, right? So they're, like, thinking about it. Then they decide they're not going to do it. And then he dies anyway. 
while this is happening, we start moving into sort of the latter part of the movie where we've got the, the Lazarus contraction, which F knows, but I don't know if you know, Dom, but that the 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 first name for my our company was going to be called the Lazarus Effect. Oh, I didn't know that. Because, and because I like the idea of it's uh, not from Casper, but from uh, it means to get a new life, right? To like regenerate life. Uh, but then I thought I thought it sounded really cool. But then I thought it doesn't really sound like a care organisation, does it? <laughs> so sounds like some sort of weird biology lab where, like, twenty eight days later started. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Uh, but we're going into that. I, I love the whole thing. So it's like Wallace and Gromit meets like a theme park ride, you know, and they're like going through and all the getting up and ready in the morning and all of these things. And I love how the music and the the tone of the movie feels very much a king with like some almost like Home Alone, but but not but you know like that sort of tone of 90s family movies you know that are like fantastical but also are grounded with you know a real story behind them mm. well I, I was just about to say that I, I think there's it's almost like a turning point in the movie in that Casper he has no memories and it's at this point that his memories come about because she's she shows him all of the toys that he used to have and then he sees that he used to have five fingers and then he's like oh I remember mm-hmm. and then he takes her through to this bit and it's like oh okay now we're going to get somewhere with his background and how he became a ghost and all of this stuff um, yeah I think it's amazing in that it's this whole part of the house that he must not have even ventured into because he couldn't even remember. Mm. And we yeah. get to see that with him at the same time. Yeah, it's like joyful. And, cause it's, and then as adults now, Dom, it's like we're remembering... It's like he's remembering his childhood. And it's like we can remember our childhood by watching films like this. Like, did you feel that way? Yeah, definitely. There's that always that sense of nostalgia, isn't there, as you're watching this, this sort of film. And I, I loved when the, the chair is going through the, the tunnel... And it flicks on the, the all the kind of inventions, and she gets powdered in the face, and the toothbrush comes out, and you always think, well, how useful that would be, how handy it would be, until you get to like the the shaving cutthroat uh, blades, and you're like, oh god, that's absolutely terrifying. But I I always wanted it to be a ride. I always thought that'd be a really good yeah. like adventure, like theme park kind of ride somewhere, and it was never, to my knowledge, it was like never made. So that would have been quite fun. It feels like it would have been something that um, uh, Moranis would have made in Honey, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like something that he would have done. Because he does that, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. With the cereal and the lamb mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. It feels like it was before his time. <laughs> yeah, love that. I think uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was before this, I think. It was like 1989, maybe. So. Oh, Maybe they were stealing. They, they stole it. They were stealing. <laughs> they stole from Rick. As they all have. Well, <laughs> uh, so, 
uh, we, so we, we're introduced to the, the contraction. As this is all happening, we've got Carrigan and Dibs in the background trying to find out what's in the vault. It's a great twist that yeah. what's in the vault is his treasure, which is, you know, uh, his baseball glove, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a lovely moment, Dom. Yeah, it's nice that it's just like a bit of memorabilia. And he, because he says that his, no matter how busy his dad was and how hard he was working, he'd always stop to play pirates mm. and it would be like their, um, their, their treasure and their ship and they would go off on adventures together and that that was a really, really good good moment and a good little bit of the story to, to bring up and nice and nostalgic as well. And the fact, yeah, he's just got this ball and it's signed and Carrigan and Dibs are expecting it to be something like amazing and literally treasure um that they can cash in on and it it's that that bulb was probably worth it'd be quite interesting to find out what that signature would be worth of that particular player um and yeah that's all i have to say about that (laughs) (laughs) and f carrigan then decides that she's just going to kill dibs because you know if he can bring him back how did you feel about that whole part well unless and i still don't quite get it but this is what i mean about them two having a relationship because kill him to bring him back it was to kill him so he could just go through the vault because he because he as a ghost they can go through walls so kill him he can get the treasure before they know what it is and then bring him back because they both they both discuss like how how they're going to get through like such thick steel the only thing that could get through that would be a... And then they both click a ghost. And then they, they realise that if they die, they'll have But then she's business. saying that she can keep doing it time and time again, right? But she's saying with the machine, yeah. That but they there's keep... only that one bottle yeah, that, they're, yeah. that they're trying to keep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think that now I knew, but maybe it's because I knew that this would happen, is that... If he was to if he was to die, then fine that would work. But if she, no, sorry, the other way round, in that she, he wouldn't want to bring her back because she had treated him so badly all mm-hmm. these times. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why she died by accident. She just she, like he, she was trying to kill him, and then she he threw the like statue head at the yeah. car, and then she on the cliff, and then she just gets out of the car and <laughs> falls down the cliff. Which is such a shock. I, I still feel like I'm shocked when that happens because it's such a horrible way to go. It's like, it's brutal. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. It's deserving. I think it, it's deserving. Like, like you're saying, if, had it been the other way around, had he been become a ghost, gone through the vault, come out with the treasure, she'd have gone, it's my treasure now, like bugger off, and wouldn't have bothered Bye. to bring it back to life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. But then she's then tricked into being complete, no unfinished business, and she's gone, which I was always great. Um, it's just a great moment. Mm. So then we think, right, Casper's going to come back just in time for the party. It's going to yeah. be good times. But then what happens? Then Daddy dies. Daddy's dead, comes in, doesn't even remember where he is, what he's doing, and then just a little pinky. Just the pinky. 
brings him back into reality of what's uh, you know what needs to happen. The, and uh, the bit just before that, I've always hated when she goes, "Don't you remember?" And he goes, "Oh yeah." I've always hated that bit. Always. I don't know why. I just really don't like it. No, I think I agree. There is something about that that I've always disliked as well. Mm. I don't I don't want to use hate because it's such a strong word. Use it. Try it once. <laughs> I've always disliked it. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even try. <laughs> Use it because it's like such a sentimental moment and she's like in pain and it's just like kind of you know trashing on her pain yeah maybe and maybe it's because it's just it's so out of I know it's meant to be out of character but it's just so far out of character for him that it's like I don't know Carrigan Carrigan didn't forget about going into the vault getting the treasure didn't forget dibs but but he immediately forgot her what does that say about him as a father yes (laughs) That, that... Set his arm on fire. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's one thing I I don't get is that how he how he was already starting to forget about about things. That... So quickly. Yeah. Particularly his daughter. <laughs> well, we then are at a point where now Casper he gives up his opportunity so that she can have her dad back which does and works and now there's a unknown there's a John Doe in a manhole and uh, then the party is going to start she has to go there's a DJ and everything they just must have helped themselves into the house to set up found where the plugs were and the plug adapters just got all of that going 20 amps and whatever volts <laughs> or a penny it's whatever works <laughs> and then uh, then we're at a situation where Cat's mum comes down, speaks to Casper. It's a Cinderella situation, but only until 10. He's only 12 years old. Devin Sauer appears, comes down. All of the girls are shocked. Speechless. Who At is this duty. boy? Right. When you was a kid, F, when you was watching yeah. this, yeah. was he a thing of beauty to yeah. you? Yeah, for sure. Whether or not that was just me following the fact that everyone else loved him. Peer pressure. Peer pressure into loving him. Um, or actually I would have got there on my own cord. I don't know because I remember watching the film and all the girls were like, oh, <gasps> and so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to be beautiful. And so I, yeah, I thought, okay, he's beautiful. And Dom, do you remember your first thoughts of Devin Sauer as a child? I thought he was beautiful too. But was you peer pressured into thinking it? <laughs> I guess you're probably by Simon. Um, <laughs> I I thought uh, actually, like on reflection, I kind of think of it as the voice of Casper and the ghost of Casper is a lot younger than the mm-hmm. the regenerated version. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's always kind of how I play in my mind because he's got the toy trains, he's got the weird like Ferris wheel, he's got all the the monkeys that clap or whatever and it, it, he feels very very young when he's the yeah the ghost version of casper and then he's all of a sudden he's this 13 14 year old boy or however old he's meant to be um and that just suddenly feels slightly older you know a little bit more mature yeah which always i always found a little bit weird well yeah. and he's actually quite tall because if you remember dom some of our little giants episodes he 
uh, in some scenes you can see he's not wearing any shoes like he's like just in socks or barefoot because they're because he's so much taller than the other kids because he was like tall and older than them so to make him smaller so but you know he got Christina Ritchie going so they just had to lose him so <laughs> I was get... Just the phrase he got Christina Ricci going. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. No, I was going to say that obviously they they must have had someone younger in mind for for the script and everything else, and then because they had such chemistry that, or if there was more time that had passed, because there is a disparity between the props and everything else, and him being this 12-year-old, and actually he looks like a 14, 15-year-old. You're not going to be playing with them toys at, at 14, 15. He's only five years away from writing Eminem letters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Locking people in his uh, boot. Yeah. 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 So, and then they're floating, they kiss, Casper turns back into a ghost... And then the ending is super abrupt. Wait, you haven't said the infamous line. He says, because she's she's kind of in awe and shocked that she did, but she doesn't know that it's Casper straight away. It's not until he says, "Can I keep you?" <laughs> and, this, and it's like, oh, it's this the second. Is the line. It's the second time it said it because yeah, he said it. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so it had, did. Did it make you cry? Yes. Did any other moment in the film make you cry also? Well, that means somewhere else made you when, cry. When, it, <laughs> when he says it at the beginning. So twice. Yeah, it's I that line. It's that line. Yeah. And what is it about it that resonates with the emotions? Because he's alone. Because he likes her. He's found someone. It's just a perfect line. I'm sorry, Dom, but it's not creepy at ah, all. Shut the window, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care. She doesn't care, mate. Give up. <laughs> Move on. What? Dom, you, I don't know if you know this, or I know you're an avid listener of the podcast, but Dom famously doesn't cry at anything he cried so much as a child at multiple things that he's all cried out so from like nine up he's dead inside is that pretty much right that sounds Have, about you right. don't cry at any films no so your pre- fi- favorite film is saving private ryan yes do you cry at any point in saving private ryan no not at all Never have. Cold. <laughs> anything, anything. He Ice just cold. he just laughs and touches himself inappropriately. Oh, it's a whole different. <laughs> I don't know why you went there. Because he loves war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really love it. <laughs> and then it ends really abruptly. Like it ends with um, they just sing a song, and then that's the end of it. No, right? the best bit is Amber. Is it? Oh, yes. And um, Vic. the guy that she's with, yes, they think they're going to pull the the biggest prank with dressing up as a ghost. And then they run, they're, they're looking in the mirror, and they're like, oh, this looks excellent. Da, 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 da. And then the three ghosts pop through their body. <laughs> 
and freaks them out and they run through and then there's a line like a line of bunting or something and her neck gets caught on the bunting and then she falls on the floor and she's screaming and he's dragging her out while she's on the floor that to me as an adult was like (laughs) (laughs) she deserved that so much i really disliked this girl she plays the character really well and i remember disliking her so much that i then watched flipper saw her in flipper and she's actually a nice character in flipper but i didn't care because i remembered her from this film and i was like you are a B-I-T-C-H. Don't want to spell it out. Don't, I need to spell it out rather than say it. Don't want to say it because it's a mean word. She's a bitch. <laughs> She's a bitch. She a fucking bitch. I tell you now. We'll she say it for you. F-U-C-K-I. We spell it all out. She a hoe. <laughs> So, but then then the film ends really abruptly. Like, it's kind of like, okay, everything's good. Casper, you're a ghost again. Yep. Uncles, you're still here. Yep. They dance. Sing a song. And they dance. dance. Yep. All three of them dance. The end. Yeah. Did it feel abrupt to you guys as well? Well, yeah. Well, more in the... So what happens? They will will live there until they die and then they pass, pass over, but he stays there still because he's got unfinished business. What's his unfinished business? Shouldn't he have passed over now because... He knows what happened to him, and or was that his unfinished business? He's and he met to someone, find out. and what's so what is it? What's his unfinished business? Well, that's where the sequel would have come in, right? But they, Christina Ritchie, messed that up. Hopefully, they fished Carrigan's body out of the out of the water as well, because that's like has anyone said? By the way, she's dead. Has anyone <laughs> notified any sort of authority that she drove Wait, into? Did he die as well? Or how no. happened to him? He just left. He just legged it, yeah. Peaced out. He left. <laughs> he got. He ended up back in the. Didn't he end up back on the chair at some point and shot back through? That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, God knows what happened. No, she, she. He must have died because she throws him out through, through the, the window. Through the window. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple dead bodies about, yeah. and there's kids about. Just... Don't look outside, kids. There's a couple dead bodies out there. Means that Dibs had no unfinished business because he didn't come back. No. True. <laughs> True. Killing well, Carrigan was his one goal. I had three moments of tears in this movie. When three? I say, yeah, when yeah, I say tears, I don't mean like full on tears. I mean my eyes were watering, oh, but God. a couple drops. Did you stub your toe while you're watching it? No. The only reason I would cry is if I stubbed my toe. Even then. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, looks down, split his toe. Oh, well. <laughs> I think it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Limping along. Life goes on. <laughs> Not for Casper. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice having someone that laughs out loud. <laughs> on a podcast, finally. Do you not laugh out loud? My laugh is silent. It's, it's oh, he does this. Yeah, it's not good for podcasts. It doesn't. Uh, Dom's so vocal with a laugh. I I can say nothing, and it makes me sound funny. But Dom will say hilarious stuff, and there will just be silence because I am laughing. You just hear the old occasional. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. 
When were those three moments? Come on. Um, can I keep you? Number one. The first time he says it. Yeah. Yeah. When she tries to get the dad to remember, mem- remember. this bit. No, <laughs> yeah, that almost ruined it. No, it was when he then realised what he'd done and that he's left her alone. And mm. and then the final, can I keep you? It's a great line. Dom, your moments? None? Okay, so, <laughs> judgments. <laughs> well, is there anything else we want to talk about with regards to Casper before we get to our judgments? Can I... The only thing that I observed watching it this time round that I never really noticed before... But actually, it it came before what I was going to say was that I think it has a lot of similarities to Sabrina the Teenage Witch in the way, and hear me out, and especially one particular scene and one particular episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is uh, she dresses up as a witch and she has to have a double so that she can go to a party and go to a Halloween party with her aunts. And um, the similarities in the... You've got Amber, who I think is like Libby, and then you've got Sabrina, who is Kat, and then you've got Harvey, blah, blah, blah. But it's more in the sense that she's trying to overcome something, who Kat, and she is, as you would put it, obnoxious or whatever, but actually she's she's got to act as an adult because she knows so much about the world and has had to grow up. I just think there's a lot of similarities please someone out there agree with me because i'm getting two blank faces in here (laughs) listening intently i was listening i'm not getting any nods i'm getting a couple of raised eyebrows and this woman knows nothing well that was good i like that it's a a good connection yeah definitely i I think i remember that episode of sabrina as well i'm saying i remember it was her was her carbon copy like a little bit more dialed down yeah, she could only have function. like three lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> Good episode. Mr. Paul can be so annoying. <laughs> yeah. What's the third one? I can't remember. Oh, oh I can't remember. Oh, oh I'd love to. That's it. And she goes to do the streaking outside. Yeah, exactly. And then they blame it on Libby. Yes. Yeah. But there's another episode where Sabrina's house, they say, oh, where do you live or something like that? And so I think it's later on and Valerie says, oh, let's have the party at Sabrina's house. But she doesn't ask Sabrina. Sabrina doesn't, you know, and it's the same sort of situation. It's just because she's got a creepy looking house. Sabrina was in 99, right? Or 96? Started in 96. So it was after. After. The year after. Yeah. So everyone's... It's like Rick Moranis all over again. Everyone's stealing. (laughs) Everyone's stealing from everyone. No such thing as an original thought. So, okay. Well, before we get to judgments, if you enjoyed this episode, and how could you not, then you can check out all of our bonus content at ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through... Hoops. But they also go through... Nets. Ravenshoops.net. Dom, who was your favourite performer of this movie? That is a good question. Do we include the CGI? C. C, C. I'm going to give it to Casper. I'm going to give it to the kid that... I'm going to give it to... What was his name? Malachi Pearson. 
Yeah. I'm going to give it to Malachi Pearson. I think he, he did the voice really well, gave it good emotion when it needed it, said some creepy lines, um, said, <laughs> <laughs> and and it and it worked. And he did it really well. So I'm going to give it to, to Ghostly Casper. Effie? Ditto. Everything Dom said, other than the creepy line being, and the best line, and he he does it with such emotion in the voice that it can render Simon to tears. Very true. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, four times because I watched it a couple, you know, a couple of times the last couple of months. So. Yeah. Yeah. Who who who's yours? Mine is going to be him as well. For all the same reasons. That's a full ding, house. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. Let's switch the order. F, who's your favourite character of the movie? Casper. <laughs> can I still do Casper? Yeah, you can do whoever you want. In in the movie itself, in the who is... Well, you like it because you've got the performance and then you've got the character. Yeah, it's still Casper. Because... Because he... He gives up being a real... A real boy, <laughs> so that he, so that the dad can come back to life. Mm-hmm. He follows her to school, so that he can watch her and be supportive, and ties their shoelaces because they're all being dicks to her. Mm-hmm. He cooks them all breakfast, even though they're dead and they can't <laughs> absorb any nutrients or or sugar, and sweeps up the floor. And fries her egg, even though she doesn't want a snotty egg. <laughs> yeah. He, he's like, he's everything. He gets punched as a pillow. He gets a sock in the mouth. He rings himself with water in to bring her back. He, he's just, he's a brilliant character. And I think he teaches a lot for children in terms of being kind. Just so true. <laughs> Come on now, come on. It's making me cry. (laughs) That's just your big toe that got hit. (laughs) I love the fact that when Simon said, who was your favourite character, you just went, Casper. Like, why are you asking me this question? It's so obvious. (laughs) But it's more that I feel like I'm getting it wrong. No. No, no, That's that's a great answer. There's no opinions wrong here. Except mine. what What is your opinion? Uh, I think I think Stretch is my favorite character. I really I really like uh he's kind of in charge of the of of those three isn't of the the other two uh ghosts. He's bossy, he's cruel, but he's funny um and he's entertaining and he's I think he has better lines than the other two as well. Ghosts uh, um, the better lines than most of them in the whole kind of thing in the whole film. Um yeah, I think I think I think Cat and her dad are not annoying me a little bit too. Like the dad annoys me. Cat's mm. just a bit too sort of sullen through the whole film. So they're they're people like I don't really sort of connect with as much. But like I know I don't connect with a CGI ghost. But Stretch is just fun. Like I find it very funny and very entertaining. So he's one that sticks out for me. What about you, Simon? Simon, I do. That's how Dom's dad says my name. Simon. Simon. <laughs> Who's your favourite, Simon? 
yeah. I was listening back to our last episode of Ravens today for editing, and Dom did some that I could make my message tone, and you had one. It made me laugh out loud as I was cooking. <laughs> oh, come on, son. <laughs> Come on, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I do connect with a CGI ghost, and his name is Casper. For all of the reasons, I can't do it better than what Ev said, so I just um, radiate with uh, finger waves, or what she said. Beautiful. Humility. (laughs) I think that's what he teaches. He does. He does. Well, Dom... What was your favourite line of the movie? Um, I think it has to be... <laughs> it's it's not a great one, but it's just one that has always stuck out to me as well, even from just even from when you said, we're going to do Casper as the next film on the podcast. I went, this this is a line in my head that always sticks out. <laughs> it's when they go, all for one and one for all. Catch your pants before they fall. <laughs> <laughs> just always stood out to me that line love it it's <laughs> so silly <laughs> that's good F other than the obvious <laughs> there's a <laughs> I feel like a broken record can I keep can kidding? I keep you <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a bit of um, dialogue when um, when Casper's saying, what does he have that I don't? And she's saying, a pulse, a tan, a reflection. <laughs> and it's like, God, you're brutal. But I, I, I thought, well, that's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's good. He starts to explain to her how, well, a tan can be bad for your health. <laughs> yes. It's like, well, actually, scientifically speaking, cat, <laughs> you fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close your own fucking window. You know. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? You're just so mean. Mine is. Uh, can I keep you? Any others? <laughs> it made you the boss. When you said I do, <laughs> that's what made her the boss. <laughs> uh, I can I keep you? Well, now though I can't hear him doing it. I just hear Dom's impression of it, of the crumb cake thing. <laughs> <laughs> piece of cake. Piece of crumb cake. Piece of crumb cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay. I think there's no point in me asking favourite song, because I agree, I'm assuming that we're all going to say it's the, the soundtrack by James Warner. Yeah. Yeah. Dom. Agreed. Everyone together? Dun 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 dun. What? Dun 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 dun. Can I keep you? Shut the fucking window. It's gold in here. There must be some ghosts in the atmosphere. I said, oh. Too much. Too much. Too much fun. Oh, dear. Okay. Favourite background performer, one line or less F? Um, now that I know that he was in House Guest, the kid at the beginning, screaming on the way out. 
He had more than one line, way more than one line. They had a whole conversation about who's going to take a picture. <laughs> we wouldn't accept this from one of our agents. We can't <laughs> accept it from you. Then come back to me. They'd have been, Dom, they'd have been ejected from the Zoom <laughs> for that suggestion. Um, <laughs> there's, the kid in, there's a kid in the class who's a little bit like, who seems a bit goofy. That every time Amber says something, he goes, <laughs> just sort of has a weird little <laughs> laugh. She'll say something like, oh, my name's Kat. And she goes, meow. <laughs> like, okay, so that it goes to that kid. Yeah. F? Mine goes to the kid that offers up Kat's house for the Halloween. And he's like, yo, dig it, sir. Or whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Hang on, who's this kid? <laughs> yeah, that it goes to him. That's a good choice. Great acting. Mm. Personally, think he should have had more lines. He yeah. might have been someone we could have got on the podcast. <laughs> did, did you reach out to him? I should have done. I'm so sorry. I you didn't. should have. Could have got him on, and we've gone. Hey, dig it. <laughs> I don't think he says dig it, but <laughs> he does now in our heads forever. Hey, I've been envisioning me playing that. Just, and I would have just made it up. Like, yo, dig it. I'm just thinking Check of... Check it out, sir. No, I'm just thinking of Michael Scott in the office when he's like, <laughs> when he's like talking about... Is he talking Are about prison? prison or something? He goes... He probably, said, he probably said something normal. You know, like, hey, yo, what's that? Shizzle? Shizzle. <laughs> 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 Uh, so, Michael, what do they eat? In the clink, we grew up. <laughs> With the Dementis. <laughs> From Harry Potter. <laughs> it's me, Prison Mike. <laughs> you got it good, kid. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. <laughs> oh, you would have been the bell of the world. This is so good. Is it? Is it? It's up there for you now, Dom, isn't it? Top five. Yeah, yeah, definitely love it. It's so good. Excellent. Um, my guy would be, you know, when they're doing the construction, and then all of the construction guys with the hard hats, they like all run out, and uh, they're like driving out. There's one guy that's hanging onto the bonnet as they're driving <laughs> yeah. out. So I would choose him. And then last but not least is the precious precious rating so we're on these episodes we do we have two ratings each so you have a subjective what it means to you from like a nostalgic point of view and then an objective like just what do you think looking back at it now for we usually have to agree on the ravens but we're not going to do that on, we don't do that on the mighty 90s but just to make it interesting on three, let's all say our objective rating out of ten, just to see if they match up. This is if from now. Yeah, your view now, on it now. now. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we'll say it on three. So everyone got a number in there. And head? this is out of ten. Out of ten, yeah. Are you doing decimal points? Never. Is, okay. <laughs> yeah. Never. If you have you got a number, Dom? Yes. You have a number, F. Yes. Have number, Simon? No one ever asked me. Yes. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. One, two, three, seven. seven. Ooh. Ooh. 
I was even going to go six because of oh all my. of the stuff that Dominic's told me about all these dead bodies. Around. <laughs> <laughs> Just littered with them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's, uh, let's start with you, Dom. Your reason for a seven and then what is also your nostalgia rating? Uh, I think that IMDb and the people of IMDb that have voted on the film are wrong. Giving it a 6.1 or whatever it comes up is is incredibly low. Um, now, I know I've only gone like one number above, but, you know, it's quite hard to get up to that number on IMDb because you have to have a lot of votes and a lot of people vote in the same way. I think it's a 7 because of, you know, some of the elements in the film that are, that are slightly less enjoyable. Um, I kind of don't really like any of the storyline outside of the house outside of the mansion which is a bit which is a bit strange and i hate the bit where the dad does the when he's dead and goes over the finger it's a bit of a rubbish bit and there's a couple of moments like that where you think it's probably a little bit irrelevant and not needed but generally the film is actually very good the cgi is great there's some really good moments like like i said the when he touches the the like clay handprint on the wall and it moves and there's loads of little elements like that but I still I, I think there's just I'm not sure there's just bits from it that may be lacking it might be Christina Ricci's kind of performance it always feels a little bit like I, I kind of get the sense that she just doesn't want to be there and I know that that's she's meant to be this sort of sullen disaffected teenager but um yeah, I just always get the sense. Or maybe, maybe that's just because that's what she was good at playing. Hence, like the Adams family and that. But yeah, that's why I gave it a seven. Well, what's your nostalgia rating? Nostalgia rating, I think, is actually eight. Because actually, I actually do enjoy the film, and I know I, I really liked the film when I was younger. So it's it's a bit higher. And F, your reason for a seven and your nostalgia rating. The reason for the seven is I feel as much as I'm joking there is some truth in the, uh, with these dead bodies not because there's this <laughs> littering of dead bodies around but more just because there's a lot of things that have been just left there's no rounding up and I feel like that with certain bits within the film um, and then the film as a whole and the way that it ends more just specifically Casper because he's the ghost and he has the unfinished business so then what will make him have the finished finished business because if it wasn't knowing how he died knowing about his parents or you know it's kind of well what he can now have everything complete by cat that you know was it that he's meant to find a friend I, I don't know yeah, it feels like to me if we were to go back and or they were to 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 follow on that Cat will eventually move out and then have her own life and Casper's still there and then she'll die and she'll move on and be in the next life or whatever but Casper's still lingering around trying to come back to life. <laughs> that sounds really morbid, but that's how I feel. Um, my nostalgia rating yeah. is like a nine because I loved it. Nice. I didn't think this deeply back then, but Ooh. Dominic has ruined it for me. Oh God! I mean, would would you? Uh, can you imagine watching it again? Oh yeah. And introducing little guy to it. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I I gave it an eight because well, it, mo- it moved me to tears. Um, but like, I, it's funny. I I don't know. I've become more emotional with these things as I've got older. But it feels more like these. Uh, like I don't know how to explain it. It's not a Disney film, but these sort of mm. more family films get me more than like. Like, ones where it's, like, horrible atrocities through history and things. Like, they get me too, but it's, like, in a... It's in a different way. Like, uh, I, I don't know why, but, like, I could find myself... Like, what, what's some films that I've, like... Like, Con Air. I, like, teared up at a moment in Con Air. And it's, like, ridiculous. Um, I don't know what that is. I'm going to need to unpack that with a therapist or something. <laughs> well, we'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give them. I'll give you their number, Tom. You can go in afterwards, yapping <laughs> your tear ducts completely. <laughs> uh, and then I would also give it a nine, I think. For uh, so, why does it get marked nostalgia? down? Well, I think because there are a couple plot holes in it, like some of the, less of the dead body type stuff, but more like you know, how can they have fights but they can't hurt each other, and you know, some of those elements, but I don't think too deep about it, really. I mean, it's... So I've got two shelves of movies in here, in in, in uh, the office here, and these are the films that kind of, I feel like, have defined, defined me, the movies that I love, and Casper is on the shelf, so it's it's made it into one of, like, 25 films that I love. So, yeah, it's very highly regarded by me from a nostalgia level. Nice. So there we so there we go. Very nice. So that was Casper. Uh, yeah, Dom. People can hit us up on social media. They can find us at the Mighty Ravens on Instagram and see some of our content there and links and everything to the podcast. And Ephany, thank you so much for being a guest on this episode. It was great to do this with you. I know that this was a movie that, you know, you particularly love. We'd love to have you back again, you know, when there's like another film that you feel passionately about. And I hope that it was an enjoyable experience. I've loved it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me through the other side of the door. (laughs) There's a couple of films that I think you'll need to watch now and then, being one of them. House Guest being another. When you do them two movies, I'll be here. What, what I'd like yeah. to suggest is, because I, I really enjoyed uh, having you on as well, Anthony. It's been fun. It's been really, Thank really you. fun. So I would like to suggest, only if you're up for it, is you pick one of them and then you come with all the, the details and the, the bits that oh. kind of Simon did and you, you kind of walk us through it. How about that? That'd be great. That, yeah. Let's do house guests because it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> you let... I, I don't even need time to think about it. It's hilarious. <laughs> you let me know when and I'll make sure I watch it. <laughs> okay, next week. See you then. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, and Dom, is this an appropriate time to announce what our next episode will be that you'll be doing the, the deep dive into? Always. You, you put it to a, a poll, right? I did. I put it out to a poll. And it had already been suggested a couple of times to me, mostly by one person, but um, it went out to a poll. I got asked people to add their votes and decide what 90s film we would do next. 
a lot came through, but a lot came for one film in particular, and that is Titanic. So James Cameron's wow, Titanic. You guys are gonna be here six hours. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to go through. To be or fair, to be fair, there isn't because everybody knows the history of the boat. We don't need to go through any of that. We just go through the storyline. Hits iceberg, sinks, done. Just go through the rest. But there's there's so much. There'll be so <laughs> many <laughs> potential background performers. So many. <gasps> He's not really background. Would, He's mid ground. Will he be joining us? Would he have a middle ground? I would actually love to, but you know, you gotta gotta just take me a little bit here and there. No, you, no, you we don't. <laughs> so, no, we don't. You live here, yeah. So the the Titanic will be a good test, right? Because I also feel like maybe my tears in movies have started more over the last couple of years. But this will be a good test mm-hmm. because this is an actual historical event, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think well, this won't be a test because I think you will cry because you. Rem- it's nostalgic for you as well. I think right. it's films that are that, that you watch now already. that you don't have the memory connected to. It's not like you're watching, I don't know, The Help and like, oh, I remember watching this as a kid and it was, right. no. And you didn't live that. Mm. Not to say that you're cold to, <laughs> you know, but you're kind of cold to certain things. <laughs> not to that. So would you cry, did you cry at um, Saving Private Ryan? Uh, did I? I fear you might have teared up. Uh, I don't yeah, think no, I did. Or maybe when um, the guy dies. Um, That's him. I did. I did. The guy that was in um, Friends, mm. Phoebe's brother. Mm. It's a horrible death. <laughs> I mean, all of them. And it's are because the horrible. other guy can't come, and he. The other guy's hiding behind the wall, right? Oh, me- that's Melish. That one cut me up as well. I, I think I think I did say ah uh, I would listen to the episode back. But it's so such a long one, <laughs> aren't they all? She's shorter than this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. So I, maybe you would. I think uh, so. I don't know. I think I times. I think I hit like thirty and a little tap open. Have you ever seen Schindler's List? Did, yeah. Did you cry at that? I watched it in school. So in like RE, we watched it in RE over like two weeks or something. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't think I did. But I, I think I feel like I probably would now. I don't know. I don't think I could subject myself to that now. Could I've never, you? I've never watched it. Oh, whenever I've wanted to, I've actually said that to you, and you're like, "No, I can't watch that." It's a fantastically yeah, because... well put together film. It's brilliant, but it's so hard to watch because it's just so true as well. It's horrible, but but I don't but think a I could watch film. it now. It's Liam Neeson, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and Spielberg. I don't think I can watch Liam Neeson now. I don't give people time when I I know that they've, you know, been racist. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So goodbye him, goodbye Mel. We're not losing... <gasps> he was in this. <laughs> We're not losing out too much with Liam Neeson. We, we said this on the podcast the other day. We want to see if someone can do some sort of like Photoshop re-editing on Lethal Weapon and put someone else in over Mel Gibson. And we were trying to decide who would make a better, who would make a good Riggs. 
and we came up with the person that would be great for that role would be Heath Ledger rest in peace mm. he would make a great Riggs yeah he would have uh, we need someone did we come up with someone in the end oh you said uh, Chris Pine maybe yeah and then I, then I thought he's maybe, a bit too clean I, that's exactly what I said as well he's a bit too like proper and mm. yeah it, do, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite work with him maybe maybe a Hemsworth no. one of the Hemsworth Hemsworths yeah they need to be someone that you think is because the whole thing is the opening thing Nicholas Cage yeah <laughs> the whole thing is he's like going to kill himself at the beginning right it's like spinning yeah. about like I'm crazy I'm crazy and it's like we need someone that's like could be disconnected he's got edge yeah Johnny Depp before like Pir- before he did Pirates of the Caribbean and then things he could have been good yeah work it out but then what we need to do is then just because I love them films so much as a Cillian kid. Murphy could be he could work yeah we'll work it out but, uh, and then they just need to superimpose over Mel Gibson's face and then re-release them and there we go and we're good and we can watch Lethal Weapon again <laughs> but so this has been Casper um, this was great fun really enjoyed it uh, yeah, check out all our content at ravenshoops.net. Titanic will be next, and uh, look forward to that. That'll be really fun. See you both there.